This week on Geek Explained, it's a double celebration as we mark 150 episodes and three years of Geek Explained. In this landmark episode, special guest Malcolm Russell Nelson returns to the podcast to discuss Future State, Infinite Frontier, and the state of DC Comics in 2021. Welcome back to Geek Explained. I'm your host, Eric Azana, and today's episode is our 150th episode. I just, I can't believe that. That's crazy to me. And also, um, because timing is how it is, uh, this is also our three-year anniversary. Three years ago today, we dropped our very first episode of the Geek Explained podcast, and uh, here we are three years later and 150 episodes later. This is just, oh, it's blowing my mind. Um, but this episode is going to be another giant-sized anniversary episode featuring our very good brother and special guest, Malcolm Russell Nelson. Uh, we're going to be essentially doing like an Infinite Frontier um, Future State post game, kind of looking at DC Comics as it is right now and kind of giving our predictions and talking about the stuff that we're excited about for DC Comics future. We also have our latest weekly review on the finale of WandaVision. I have so many things to talk about with that. And of course, this week's Comics Countdown. But before we get into all of that, let's check in with this week's news. All right, guys and dolls, let's talk some news. We have our four categories, film, TV, comics, and miscellaneous. Going to kick things off here with miscellaneous news, one piece of video game news that I think we kind of all saw coming, but uh, it was good to finally get that kind of, um, that confirmation. Uh, but Microsoft announced that it has officially completed its acquisition of Bethesda uh, through its parent company. It's like Zenimax or something like that. Um, but yeah, Bethesda is now officially Xbox exclusive. There's no um, news on whether this upcoming Indiana Jones game that we've talked about is going to be Xbox exclusive, but I would not be surprised at this point with all of the... Um, basically both Sony and Microsoft trying to snatch up as many exclusives as they can. Um, I'm still really excited. We have a lot on the table with Bethesda, so uh, hopefully with it being more under the watchful eye of Microsoft needing Bethesda's projects to succeed, we'll get... Um, We'll get a nice uh, turnabout with how Bethesda's been in recent years. Gonna hop on over to film news, two pieces of film news that are 
very interesting for their own reasons. Uh, this past week, Raya and the Last Dragon premiered on Disney Plus to lots of fanfare. I haven't watched it yet, but I am chomping at the bit to watch this. Um, lots of... I would say positive feedback uh, from uh, Kelly Marie Tran as Raya, um, the animation, the cast, like it's been, it's been pretty exciting. Uh, that being said, there have, there has been some, uh, some backlash due to the fact that this is uh, more or less kind of framed as a Southeast Asian story with only one or two Southeast Asian uh, cast members. Um, it's, you know, it's unfortunate that, this is kind of the reality of what Hollywood does, but hopefully this is like the first step in us getting closer to the ideal of having full representation for projects like this. And then on the other side of the aisle, uh, the Snyder Cut. You know the Snyder Cut's coming, lots of... Um Lots of hype, lots of trailers they've been dropping basically daily for this Snyder Cut. And um, this past week, something real interesting happened. Uh, the new Tom and Jerry movie dropped on HBO Max. I'm not watching it. I don't, I don't care about it enough to watch it. However, apparently certain uh, audience members or certain uh, HBO Max members, when clicking onto Tom and Jerry, instead received a glitch in the Matrix and found themselves watching the Snyder Cut instead. Uh, so... This is hilarious to me. Um, they've had different uh, leaks, different scenes, images and stuff leak out from uh, this supposed glitch in HBO Max. And I just think that's hilarious. With all of this stuff that's going on, like, of course something would happen. Like, right before this big triumphant moment. Um, it's just... It doesn't surprise me at all. Um, that being said, we do have an incredible Geeksplained extra series called Into the Snyderverse that we have been uh, diligently releasing every Sunday leading up to the uh, release next week. Ah, it's coming. Uh, four hours of Snyder Cut. Get ready. Uh, this past Sunday, we released our episode on Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, my co-hosts Chris and AJ joined me to talk about the film, what worked, what didn't, and kind of talked about potentially what what Wonder Woman 3 could look like. And then this Sunday, we are going to be dropping a big, uh, in our penultimate episode for that series, we're going to be dropping our official rankings for the entire series. You are not going to want to miss that. But jumping over to TV news, uh, we got some interesting news, I think, this past week. We now know that uh, Superman and Lois is going to be going on a five-week hiatus at the end of March up through May to allow Supergirl to, I guess, take over that time slot. Uh, Supergirl, I believe it's season six, season seven, one of those, um, is going to be debuting at the end of March and is going to be taking that uh, time slot for five weeks. It sucks that we can't have both of them, but I kind of understand it. They're trying to make this last season of Supergirl feel special, so give it its own stage. I am... I totally get it. And then finally, hopping over to comics news, two pieces of very exciting DC comics news. Uh, first off, we got a miniseries announcement from the team of Tom King and Bilky Evely. If I said that incorrectly, I apologize. Um, but we now know that we are getting a Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow miniseries, uh, written by Tom King with art by Bill Quist Evely. I'm just, I'm sorry. Um, but this is kind of exciting because this isn't a character that Tom King would normally go after. Uh, you know how much I adore that Superman Up in the Sky book that he did. If you want to go back in the archives, check out that episode. Um, I loved it. I love that 
book to pieces. But um, this is a very interesting choice. The art looks stellar. If you aren't familiar with Evelie's art, um, she recently did a bunch of the Sandman books. Gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. Cannot wait to see her take on the Girl of Steel as well as a lot of Space Odyssey stuff it looks like we're getting. Um, looks very cool. Can't wait to check that out. And then another miniseries was announced uh, following the uh, groundbreaking, I think, Revelations coming out of Infinite Frontier number zero. It was revealed, spoiler alert, at the end of that issue, as well as by DC Comics as a whole, that Infinite Frontier number zero is not the end of the story. We're going to be getting a six-issue Infinite Frontier miniseries written by Joshua Williamson with art by Zermonico and covers by Mitch Jarrods. Very excited to see where they go with this, especially with the ending of that book. Um, I'm super stoked. This is the first time in a while that I've been like, really really excited for dc comics just as a company so hopefully fingers crossed this is going to be good news all around but that is going to wrap up the news for this week and speaking of dc comics and the infinite frontier that is going to roll us right on into the main event the entree of this three course four course meal which is our giant size discussion our giant sized look at the state of dc comics in 2021 with special guest Malcolm Russell Nelson. lived, worlds died, and things keep fucking changing. (laughs) I think when we come to think of DC Comics, especially in the modern age, and we talked about this a little bit before coming on to Mike, uh, the only constant with DC Comics is change. And when you think about something as monumental or as hyped up as the as the trio of death metal future state and infinite frontier massive changes have come to the dc universe whether we like them or not and before when we were talking about future state when we did a whole preview for the event i had a little bit of help my multiversal partner in crime came down and we laid out everything that you would be expecting to see in the event of future state and now that future state has come and gone now that we are in a new infinite frontier of possibilities we have reunited at the nexus of reality at the hall of heroes and once again it is my absolute pleasure to welcome back to the podcast our good brother malcolm russell nelson malcolm how you doing i'm good man thank you uh i am uh Happy to be here with Justice Incarnate, uh, and we will be doing some stuff. It's really <laughs> odd that they picked us for the representatives for our Earth. You know what? I think it's really no, strange. No, I, no, I get it. I get it. I get like, it. I get We're, you. 
No, no, I, I get you more than I get me, and I'm just the tag along. I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the Aqualad here, you know. <laughs> Aqualad is never a tag along. If Future State has taught me anything, hey, um, okay, we're gonna get to that. All we right, are, good. we are for sure. But uh, this is our Future State post game slash. State yeah, of baby. the State of DC Comics. I did a State of DC Comics uh, episode last year, amid all of the changes going on in the company. And now that we're kind of on the uh, on the road to wherever DC Comics is going to go next, uh, Malcolm, I want to ask you: Do you think? Do you think that DC Comics is in a better place in 2021 than it was in 2020? Yes. So 20, 2020 is just a really interesting year for DC Comics in general. Um, more behind the scenes than not. Uh, I mean, 2020 is the big year that uh, DC as a publisher split from Diamond and went into two different publishers uh, and then uh, or two different distributors and then uh, went down to just one of those distributors. <laughs> So it's, it was a really interesting behind the scenes year. Uh, that's also, we're now a year in without Dan DiDio, uh with Marie Javins as editor in chief. Uh, you know, it's, it's very interesting. Um, it's been an interesting year for them. And I, I think 2020 was a rough year because of all these changes uh, amidst the pandemic and everything, you know, like that's, that's a hard time for there to be structural changes. And, you know, the AT&T buyout and AT&T really very, AT&T visibly affecting how things are going on the publishing side of DC stuff, which is valid, you know, that's just how companies work. But I think it was a rough year. I think this year, and it's interesting, you know, the the whole point of Infinite Frontier, not to get ahead, but the whole point of Infinite Frontier is kind of like hope for the future uh, and infinite possibilities. And I think that's exactly where we are right now like with DC as a company. I think there's infinite possibilities and, you know, hope for the future. Who knows if it'll pay off, but I, I have that hope. I have that spark of hope that I didn't expect. Absolutely agree. Like it's, and it's funny because it kind of, it brings me back to 2016. You know, thinking about the yes. uh, the idea of rebirth, I yes. and I know we had multiple conversations about it. How this yeah. felt like the turning of a page. It felt like yeah. okay, we went through this weird period of the New Fifty Two, all of the different mm. stuff and changes that not just the company but narratively the DC universe went through. Yeah, and now we have this opportunity to not just like celebrate what's come before, but also to kind of like look at what's ahead. And this yeah. feels very similar to that. It does. I Now, to be fair, Rebirth is my favorite era since, I mean, since my favorite era of DC stuff, which is when I was getting into it in like 2003 to like 2010. Like right. that's always gonna be my favorite era of DC stuff. Rebirth is right behind that. I think Rebirth was a really necessary course correction. And I'm curious to see if, this will be that level of good for me do you know what i mean like yeah. I, I i hope it is i really want it to be because i think rebirth like i said it was a necessary course correction i think they they crushed it on most of their ideas like there was just ideas were hitting perfectly and you know great creative teams a great mix of new talent and you know veteran talent from elsewhere going to the right places like it, it worked really well and i hope that this has that kind of a flow for sure. And like looking back and kind of comparing the two, I did this weird thing where I, um, I looked at the rebirth, uh, was that rebirth number zero rebirth number one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, DC universe rebirth number zero. 
and they like they feel very similar like this yes. kind of anthology like yes. they have this setting ethereal, the plate mm-hmm, yeah. they have this ethereal character in rebirth it was wally here it's wonder woman kind of going mm-hmm. through and like ex- like looking at the status quo changes that are coming mm-hmm. and then like thinking about rebirth and kind of how i don't know how you feel about it but i feel like even though there were a lot of things that I absolutely adore about that era, it kind of fell apart in incremental change. Yes, absolutely. And I'm going to be honest. I think a big part of that was double shipping. We got, we got a six year run in a matter of, you know, two and a half years. Like that's, that's rough. You know, that's rough for anybody. I think that really just kept the pace too fast and it was too hard to catch up, you know, and that's why you get like, you know, uh, a story arc, on superman that has six different artists for a seven issue story arc it still bothers me it bothers me so much especially with that that omnibus coming out like it's gonna be yeah it's it drives me crazy go through it all over again because of course i'm gonna buy it but of course oh man but yeah so the big thing that i kind of think about when it comes to the roadmap when we're talking about those two different eras that benchmarks yeah those benchmarks exactly um you go from rebirth to what was supposed to be kind of the culmination of that which was doomsday clock yes and then that fell apart shattering yeah (laughs) and it's like it's so because i'm i am in the very very small minority who really enjoyed doomsday clock i am there with you i think it took too long absolutely is the problem but overall and when you read it all at one time i think it's very good and i think it's very important but naturally of course both of us like it because it's really just a thesis statement on why superman is important i know i know it is and it's and and i've had conversations with with other comic book fans who are just like nah man it's not but it's like no it's superman but you don't it's no you you, that last issue is such a master stroke of jeff johns just coming in and saying hey you know who's the most important dc character Clark Kent, and here's why. <laughs> and then Doctor Manhattan realizing, you know, who's the most important character in the DC universe? Clark Kent. I'm so gonna I'm, be like that, and I'm gonna <laughs> name my little boy after him. It's which perfect. we're never gonna follow up on ever. I for the rest so, of comics history. I thought that we were close. I thought that really? that was gonna happen in Generations uh, Shattered and Forge. Oh, I, that's a good, I thought that's that a good that goal. was happening at the end of Generation Shattered. Because there's a whole thing with the bad guy like going to his family. And I thought that that was that family that they were going to be like neighbors or something. I was like, what is going to happen here? And that didn't happen. <laughs> no. And, and, I, and like, don't get me wrong. Right. I really enjoyed Generations, a little two issue. Me too. Like, it felt like a silver Me too. Age I thought it was great. Event. Yes. But it was like, and it was so self-contained that I was like, okay, cool. I just, yeah. you, you, I, you I loved nothing. it. I thought it was super fun for sure. And it's, but it's, I thought it was going to tie off those, those loose ends. We're never going to see any resolution. No, whatsoever. No, never. Like that's just not going to be a thing. Especially now that, you know, death metal happened, which I would say is that last kind of benchmark before yes. we get to this and death metal. I, I will say I really enjoyed the initial dark Knights metal. The first one where it was like just kind of balls to the wall, like all of this stuff happening. And I felt like Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo love them as creators. They tried too hard to outdo that because I don't know if this was initially when the idea came up was supposed to be this like multiverse shattering event. But I think it wound up changing into that. Yeah, agreed. Because 
at, at a certain point, it feels like the first couple issues are like, okay, we have a clear, like, we know what we're doing here. And then all of a sudden, it just becomes this huge, like, we're rewriting everything. So and that's, that, to be fair, that's how Dark Knight's Metal felt for me as well. That's, okay. I, I, I think that's very much a Snyder and Capullo thing of, you know, since, since their Batman run, they'll have a story where, you know, it, you know, it's pretty chill, makes sense at the beginning. And then the back half of it, they have to blow up a bunch of concepts and make it really big and really big. And we're leading this giant conclusion. And then that giant conclusion never comes because it leads right into the next thing. And then, you know, we're going this really big story and it just keeps fueling this train yeah. of just exhaustion. <laughs> I'm, I'm so tired. <laughs> that is a perfect description of death metal. It's that's exhausting. all death metal is. It's like exhausting. The, and I got to the, the end, end and I was like, that. well, I'm glad it's done. I don't yeah. care anymore. <laughs> Which is frustrating because I think death metal did have some bright spots. Yeah. There were some th- speed metal. I will speed metal. The best part of that entire event. I and hope that, that that is collected in the last Williamson flash trade. Same. Because, because, I because think he keeps talking about together. that being the end of his run. And I think that's such a perfect like coda to his that and some of infinite frontier is the Which perfect we'll coda to. to his run <laughs> <laughs> absolutely agree and then when death metal ends we get this whole like i mean we're not going to get into death metal we're just we're not going to talk about like no the, the i don't the have of the narrative but <laughs> i don't like, have the patience layman's terms like multiverse gets shattered we get this preview into like the omniverse yes then we get this whole like ending where wonder woman essentially like ascends to like some kind of godhood and yeah. then we get this like all of a sudden future state where yes. it's this possible future it was originally supposed to be kind of our entry point into what 5g was and then mm-hmm. it wasn't now it was like here's a two month you know weird break between you know death metal and then whatever is going to come next and what yes. ultimately became infinite frontier but what future state was really about was giving us kind of new spins on characters introducing new creators that really either hadn't gotten a shine in dc comics or were coming into dc comics for the first time and overall i think that the events for what it was doing and we'll talk about it uh, at the end um succeeded in some ways and then just yes. did not in others yes uh, For there sure, were, there were some like really like notable standouts that people like kind of lost their minds over immediately. Yara Floor, I think, is kind of the poster child. Yes, for that, alongside uh, Tim Fox or Jace. Yes, as, excuse uh, you, Jace. Sorry, sorry. Pardon me. I, I don't <laughs> want to use his dead you. name. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Jace and Yara Floor are probably the most notable, especially yeah. because like we know now that their stories will be continuing. Yes. Um, how do you feel about like the concept? And we talked about it when we did our initial preview. Um, future state was going to be this like look into possible futures. Yeah. And when everything was kind of leading up to it, they're like, "This is going to be the future of the DC universe and all the promotion." Yeah. And then they get to it, and they're like, "This is a possible future on another time." I was going to say every issue opens up with the same blurb of "This is a possible yeah. future," which is interesting. Because that's the only place that that's really acknowledged, mm-hmm. especially in a post-Future State world. I don't know if you've read, like, Batman this week. Yes. But Batman very heavily setting up the world of Future State. Which is like, strange. The Future State things, like, the Future State books were all, like, a lot of those creators are now on the main titles mm-hmm. where they get to 
I guess, work backwards and lead to what future state becomes. And that's just a weird thing. Because I know that this magistrate thing isn't going to last five years from now. Right. Like, I know it's especially how there's not going to be peacekeepers five years from now. But that's the whole thing in future state. So, like, what? (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's going to be really interesting, like, going through, you know, the next couple of years and seeing if they stick to it, if they make changes, or if they completely ignore some of the stuff because i do think that there were things about future state that really worked yes that like for me made future state overall a success in what it was kind of trying to accomplish now when we get into the actual books there was yeah. i think 20 something books yeah involved in this whole thing we ran them down in our yeah, we uh, ran our, through what, the we'll whole call thing the pre-game now the post-game exactly. we're kind of gonna go through our favorites now we initially and we talked about this when we were kind of setting this up i was like okay i kind of have a top five let's talk about a top five and we'll go from there and then when we sat down to record today we said <laughs> okay i have five but i have another one so we're just gonna do a full-blown <laughs> top six in this because it's, six, it's it's my podcast and i'm just right. the rules here what you're doing is you're making the future That's exactly the, see in I'm the future it. things are going to be top six absolutely top five. absolutely so you know in this in the essence of future state this is this is the top six <laughs> this is the future. and then we'll go back <laughs> for the next year and i'll work up towards making it a top five exactly top see so that way when you re-listen all. to this next year it'll, it'll all make sense, sense. see absolutely exactly so um i know i have mine ranked do you have yours i also have mine ranked yes i love it so um i will go ahead and open the the floor to you malcolm okay your we're gonna go through the top six books here what is your top six what is your sixth spot in your best books so sixth spot uh sixth spot is nightwing Uh, Future State Nightwing by Andrew Constant and Nicholas Scott. Um, I I just thought it was a super fun Nightwing story. Despite the fact that I don't like his design for Future State, I think he looks kind of stupid. Nicholas Scott is an amazing artist, and I think the art was incredible in that book. It's Nightwing uh, sticking it to the Peacekeepers, uh, this very elaborate plan on how to expose the Peacekeepers in Gotham of being kind of dirty. He lives like out of Arkham Asylum. And teams up with Jace Fox Batman, uh, which he doesn't know is Jace Fox. Like, no one knows who next Batman is, which I think is really cool. Um, So he he teams up with him to uh, take down a group of peacekeepers who are trying to blow up Arkham Asylum with him in it. (laughs) It was awesome. Yeah, It was just a fun Nightwing story. Like, And then Nightwing comes out on top. And I was like, cool. That's amazing. That was great. Like, good Nightwing tale. (laughs) Yeah, and it's... The thing that got me about it, though... And I think the thing that, and we'll get into like the things we liked and the things we didn't about the event, is that timeline-wise, the last part of issue two in that made no sense to me because I'm like, when does this take place? Because you're not supposed to be here. You're not nope. supposed to be here. No, nope. it's so. And I think that's something timeline-wise that I that really really just grinds my gears about it but i do agree that was a problem yeah that um teen titan or teen titans nightwing really um it was a fun story and i loved getting the two of them together nightwing i like their dynamic a lot yeah and the two of them like not trusting each other like yeah i loved how jace kind of came to it like 
I want to help out. And Nightwing's like, I don't know you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and Jace being very, you, you do know me. I'm Batman. Like, I think that's so, so rad, cool. You know, like, super cool. I, I like that dynamic. I like them feeling each other out, kind of trying to figure out, like, you know, what's the deal with the other. Uh, super, super cool. And there's, there's that bit where, uh, jace like sends out the signal for like the family to show up yeah which the whole like bat family showing up in the nightwing book was awesome and like i i kind of got emotional because it was like you know it's you know for the last couple of years anyone it would be nightwing it would be nightwing and for the last like few years we haven't had proper nightwing like we just got him back and it was just a few months of him back and then you know went into future state stuff but like it, it was so nice to just have a nightwing book where he is supported by the family and like <laughs> everyone shows up to defend him and i'm like hell yeah that's wonderful this is exactly what i want for my nightwing content so yeah i i thought that was amazing for um, sure. now this is one of the few books that the creative team on the future state book is not going on to the main title mm-hmm. uh, which it's which it sucks which is at the same time i totally fine totally maybe. okay with it <laughs> because the team that we are going to be getting on nightwing i am oh my god I'm as so as a retailer who gets advanced previews of things the most angry i have been in the last four years is that i did not get an advanced preview for nightwing <laughs> i did oh, not like there was wow. not an advanced look at it so I was just like, I, I just want to read it. Like, so I'm chomping at the bit to read that book. I am dying for it. <laughs> I was about to go on this whole tirade about being angry at you because you got to read it before me. But now all there is are, well. There are two Infinite Frontier books that I have not gotten to read that they didn't do advanced previews for that I really wanted to. And it's Nightwing and Justice League. Oh. Like, those are the two. And I didn't get previews for either. I'm furious. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are incoming. I know they are. But yeah, uh, yeah I think Nightwing's a solid pick. It, yeah. it was probably number seven for me. That's very fair. I, was, I feel bad that it's number it was, six because I liked it a lot. Agreed. But it's just number six. Like it just missed that top five. Yeah. Uh, because I sort of cheated years. on my top five and we'll get to that. But... <laughs> I love it. Uh, So my number six is um, a book that I was very interested in going in, but I didn't know exactly how it would shake out. And that is Future State Teen Titans. uh, Ah, Tim Sheridan, art by Rafa Sandoval. I really dug this book because for one thing, I had no clue what was going on. No clue at any point in either of these issues did I understand what was happening, but I was intrigued as all hell. (laughs) It was playing with two different like time time timelines where we're going to the Teen Titans Academy kind of at its height and then Teen Titans Academy where like everything is just awful yeah Um, where everything's gone to crap in the future (laughs) we touched on a few different characters we got to see red x show up for the first time chrono or yeah chronologically in yeah uh we got to get some teases we got psy beast which is just weird and a weird thing no i don't like it it was very hard to read that i whenever i read comics i don't know if you do this but i know that apparently i'm weird to my partner because she doesn't do it uh i read like voices like i i read it like like i'm reading a script and so i hear the voice and stuff and i could not get a read on that character no like it was very hard to tell what voice was which which was very frustrating for me (laughs) agreed and it made it really difficult to kind of because you could see like oh okay by the way i'm just gonna I should have done this at the beginning. Spoilers for all of the future statements oh, we're talking yeah. about. No, we have, for sure. I haven't Obvious. mentioned it, but 
major spoilers here but yeah, when it obviously. comes to the teen titans book like there are so, like i was like okay cool like thematically nightwing becoming a new death stroke i'm with it i love super interesting design. love it love it especially with the story where red x is involved as well and it's exactly. about him having been like i i love that idea because that's yeah. very Teen Titans cartoon Nightwing, and I think that's a great choice. And from, awesome. And when we were talking about that whole like, okay, here's the end point we're gonna work up to where we get there. I am yeah. super intrigued on how he comes to that choice. Yes. But like, there were things in here that I was really um, that I was really interested in. Like, I loved the aspect of like, oh, there's some weird thing going on between Dick and Corey, like Nightwing and yeah. Starfire on the outs. We've got Shazam, like just putzing around, yeah. which also made the Shazam book a little strange for me. Which, yeah, because the Teen Titans book comes before the Shazam book. Yes. Which is weird. Like, odd. It, there was odd. a timeline problem with them doing the Future State books taking place whenever in the future. Yeah. Because some of them are five years in the future. Some of them are two years in the future. Some of them are 50 million years in the future. Some of them are 15 years in the future. Like, it was all over the place. For sure. And then they all tie together. And that, that was a messy idea. Yeah. I think it, there's it a way to make it work, but it didn't work very well. <laughs> and I think it would be interesting to kind of sit down with all of the books and kind of map out a timeline or make a timeline. Yes. Yeah. Like, because I think it would be difficult. Yes. <laughs> yes. But Very yeah, overall, difficult. I'm. I. I enjoyed a lot of the stuff here. I didn't enjoy um, some of the concepts, which I will get into because we're going to be talking about the stuff we didn't like. Just uh -huh. right. we're going to be talking about it. Uh -huh. Overall, mm -hmm. the book really intrigued me on the ideas that it was presenting, and it made me super interested to pick up this Teen Titans Academy book, which is coming out soon. So that is that is my number six. That's a good number six. That's a good number six. I uh, it, it, because it was confusing, it couldn't make my top six. Fair. Uh, just I mean, I talked about Nightwing right now. That felt like an entirely different Nightwing, complete as a character it's to the point where the I thought that Teen Titans Academy Nightwing was like Damien or something. I and that oh, would make sense, but it is not. It is specifically Dick. Mm -hmm. But well, I think and, that would make sense given that, that Damien was leader of the Teen Titans for the Rebirth right. era and that had Starfire on it. So they would have that weird like energy, you know, and like it, I think it would make That's a, a lot of idea. sense. It should have been the That's idea. such a great since idea. Damien didn't show up in Future State like at all. At all, which was really strange. Um, which is really strange. Really strange. <laughs> uh, I did like, though, the uh, during the flashback sequences in Teen Titans, Nightwing had like a gut. He had like a dad bod. And I yeah. was really weirded out by yeah. that. But I also was like, I kind of like dad bod. Yeah, he was he was kind of thick. I kind of really like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Malcolm, what looks is good. your number five? My number five. So the next five are very close for me. Agreed. Like very, very close in proximity. Um, my number five is Aquaman uh, nice. by Brandon Thomas and Daniel Sampier on art. Um, I absolutely loved this. So I am a big fan of the characterization of Calderon on Agreed. Young Justice. And I have not been the biggest fan of Jackson Hyde in the comics. I think that they have just not figured out what to do with that character and not figured out how to make him Calderon. Um, this making him Aquaman is like the best choice. Mm -hmm. like he i think he was such an interesting aquaman especially since this book wasn't just about him it was more about andy who is aquaman and mara's kid and awesome. i love andy i did not expect to love that kid as much as i do i think like 
the the second issue of Aquaman was incredible, incredible. where it's her like trying to find because they they're often it's like this weird nexus of like the waters that connect between all the planets in the multiverse and stuff. And so they're lost in it. Uh, and then they get separated um, while Aquaman is training her. They, they get separated and he gets locked up in like this jail cell for years and she's trying to find him. And the story of Andy trying to find Jackson was incredible. I mm-hmm. loved it of like the trying to figure out her powers at the same time. And like, she, she comes across these, this like sentient water that like the water is the fish and the fish is the water kind of and she she's lost her leg and then winds up taking some of the water to make her leg which winds up being one of the fish and so like the fish keep taunting her on the island super incredible con- so like cool. great sci-fi concept i loved it so yeah um which she carries over real quick my honorable mention is justice league i didn't mm. have too much to say i really like that justice league book and i love the characterization of andy and that as well and That's you could tell that it was a direct a direct through line of here's andy from the aquaman book and she's a few years older and now she's aquawoman like she's learned a lot from her experience and i i thought that that connection was really strong um but yeah it was just awesome to see jackson like take action and be badass as aquaman um with a cool design that looks kind of Calderami. Um, you know, it, it, it was great. I loved it. It was nice for me to be excited about an Aquaman book again. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, Aquaman is my honorable mention. Nice. I, I just Hell I yeah. loved I loved everything about it. Like it was so good. It was <laughs> way better than I thought it was going to be. Yes, like, I just, absolutely. Yes. Oh my god. And I just I absolutely agree. The characterization of Andy is like, I want her in the books now. Like, I, I, that's the thing. I don't want her to be a baby now. Like I want no. her to be an adult, like, like either I, an adult or a kid. Like I want her to be on the teen Titans or something like age. Agreed. Agreed. Like Pull, give her to John Ken's Academy. Like I don't, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Like, and that's like the thing that it's probably, it's one of, I would say one of maybe a couple books in future state that I wish that they had just like, this is the status quo now. And maybe it's because I really haven't loved the things they've done with Arthur and Mara for the last I'm few years. right there with you. But like, <laughs> I was so engrossed in Jackson's story more than, like yeah. you said, more than I have been at any point in his history as a character. In his comics history. Yeah, it sucks. Like, I, I hate what they've done with that character because, yeah. I mean, they, they, they created the character for Young Justice. Because... And then introduce him into the comics. And I think the character that they created for the for Young Justice is such a slam dunk. Like Calderon might be the I think he might be the best character in the show, which Agreed. says something because I think that's one of the best Dick Grayson characterizations. Same but, same with Wally West. Like I, I, same with Wally, and honestly, same with Khan. Like I think Khan is wonderful in that show too. For sure. But Calderon is the best character, and he's super interesting. And like I I wish I could get as excited about that character in the comics as I do on the show. Yeah. Like when they made him Aquaman in season three, I got like emotion. I was like, Oh, like, thank God. Like he's really earned, you know, like I felt like a proud Papa and I, for the most part, just don't care about that character in the comics. Like future state, future state Jackson Hyde is my Jackson Hyde. Because it's Calderon <laughs> and it's not because Jackson it's Calderon. Hyde. It's Calderon, but with a softer edge too. Like mm-hmm. I think oh, he's absolutely. a little softer. Like he he feels less like he grew up in Atlantis Agreed. and more like he grew up in the real world in Future State, which I think was his the flashbacks in issue two of him teaching Andy and stuff and like teaching her the five steps. Like there was such a soft edge to it 
that I thought was really amazing. I'm like, that that's exactly what I want from an Aquaman book right now. Yeah, I oh man, I I couldn't agree more. Like it's so oh such a such a great pick. It was great. Such it was great so good. And that I'm might, so you know, excited about that. I, I might just knock off Teen Titans for this one because it's like, oh, it's so good. It's so good. It was so good. It was um, so good. And that's a killer choice. And I feel a little sheepish talking about my f- number five pick because of how much I enjoyed that now. But oh, I'm excited now. What's your number five? My number five <laughs> pick is, uh, I thought this was going to be a little bit higher personally, but uh, Superman Worlds of War. Superman Worlds of War is my number five pick, uh, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, Becky Cloonan, Michael Conrad, Brandon Eason, Jeremy Adams, with art by uh, Mikhail Janine, Gleb Melnikov, Sia Ohm, and Valentin Delandro. Um, I, okay, so here's the thing. I am a fan of Superman. I don't know if, if... our listeners have ever picked up on that from the I, no. from the episodes of the you podcast. hide it very well. I tr- you know I try to I try my best to, uh, to hide my <laughs> listeners. My he love. just leaned back to show off his superman. <laughs> <laughs> but I absolutely adored the main story of this book, the book that takes you know the mythology behind Superman. And gives us two different points of view, two places of time. This girl comes to uh, Smallville and it has become this tourist trap where people come to like look at the the teachings of Cal-El and like maybe it's just because I've been to towns like this. But I was like, oh my god, this is exactly what would happen after Superman reveals his identity as Clark Kent. Like, you have people who have, like, scrounged through and found, like, his, like, ninth grade science papers. And they're like, what do we think this means for the mythology of his philosophy? And, like, all of this cool stuff. And, like, this woman comes through and she's just like, this is not, this is not Clark Kent. Like, and she goes to Kent Farm and they mention that they made a Kent Farm, a tourist Kent Farm. Yeah, a tourist Kent Farm. I love everything about that. Yeah. And like she she talks about like how she wasn't saved by Superman. She was saved by Clark Kent. And I vibed with that so much. And then they go up to War World. And I have always been a sucker for War World. I yeah. love War World. I love War World is cool. Yeah. And we find um we find uh, Superman, we find Clark fighting in this very, like, almost John Carter slash He-Man. Slash it's Flash very Man. much John Carter, yeah. Like, like, he looks like John Carter. So much. And I loved it. <laughs> I loved everything about it. Like, like he is designed like John Carter. And there's no, like, in the first issue, you don't know why he's there. It's kind of a Planet Hulk situation. Like, what's going on here? He's Superman. He could be, he should be able to break out of here whenever he wants. And then the reveal in the second issue that he has stayed there because he has committed himself to freeing every single slave in War World. I was like, that's Superman. Yeah, I I like that a lot. So, so good. And the fact that he was like, you know, he says to Mongo, he's like, I'm not leaving until I've broken every single chain in Warworld. And then at the end, when it cuts back to um, 
to this girl and her buddy who she's picked up along the way they're at kent the real kent farm they end up digging up cal's um his space pod yeah and then like they look up into the sky and they see this little glint heading back like it 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 doesn't say that that's specifically him it's ambiguous and i love everything about it the thing that dropped it some spots for me were the backups i absolutely detested the backups in this book the exception i think is the (laughs) mr miracle one because i really enjoyed the concept I, I like the concept. The I loop. didn't like the execution. Fair. Absolutely fair. <laughs> but I did not, I could not care less about the Midnighter stuff. Which bums me out because I like Midnighter. He's and cool I just character. could not care about that back. It felt like whatsoever. a completely different story. Yeah. I was like, you just yeah. like, is this supposed to be Midnighter? Like it doesn't. And then yeah. I was really intrigued by the concept of Black Racer in the first issue. And then uh, they completely went nowhere. Uh, in the second uh, and I was like, what is that? Like, just why even put this in here what was because it didn't complete her story it didn't push her character forward like what is what is the problem here so like i i loved and it had to be on there because i loved that main story but it really got dragged down by those backups so that's why it's so far back for me i totally get that i i that didn't make my list uh I thought that the main story had an interesting idea, but I felt like it was too crammed into a small space. Um, I think, and that's, I'm not the biggest Philip Kennedy Johnson person. Uh, I think I've read a couple things from now. We talked about this before. And I I think that there was a lot of words and not a lot of meaning behind those words, but like I understood what the meaning was. Mm -hmm. And I think if the book was, if his story was a little bigger, if they had given it, you know, six extra pages or something, like you could have spread out what was being said and there would be some really impactful stuff and a more powerful way to do it. Absolutely. Um, You could have thrown away all the other backups. That's the thing. I I think the backups really hurt my enjoyment of that book because I got through, you know, it, it was, you know, like it felt like 12 pages of that first story. And then the rest was just backups. So I was like, oh, like I don't care about this stuff. Like I'd rather more know more about the beginning story. Yeah. So I that that's why that didn't make my list. Um, for sure. I thought it was a really good idea. And yeah, I, I'm a sucker for a war world. Like yeah. the war world is gorgeous. Still, yeah, it's good was... Michael Janine. Like I've, really oh good. My God, he's amazing. He's and so it, good. He keeps getting better. And I will say, like, I'm not inc- I'm not super familiar with Philip Kennedy Johnson. I've just read a couple of his stuff here and there. Yeah. But reading this got me really excited about the stuff that he has planned for superman at least like in theory on paper uh, yeah i i i'm really curious and we'll we'll get to that with infinite frontier as well sure. um i'm very curious as to what is coming yeah so uh <laughs> so uh what is your number four number four okay so number four for me uh, is, I, I wish I could have it higher, but I, I don't. It, it was just great, though. And that's, that's nothing bad against it. Um, Wonder Woman by Joel Jones. Uh, that is also my number four. Okay, awesome. Uh, Joel Jones writing and drawing it, um, which I'm glad that this one didn't have a backup. Okay. Uh, it was good to just focus on it. Now, the interesting thing for me about this book, I thought that number one was okay. I, I thought the number one was, you know, it, it showed off a little bit of the character and I wasn't super like into the story. It seemed a little more pedantic, you know, than I wanted it to be. 
But number two really sold me on not only the character, but the story. Um, I think that number two was such a good take of the, the whole thing is Yara Floor, you know, trying to go to the underworld uh, to rescue an Amazon who died trying to save her. Um, and I, I, that is such a Wonder Woman story. It's yeah. specifically a young Wonder Woman story. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a very like young, idealistic, like still kind of angry Wonder Woman. And you, you don't get that characterization with Diana because it doesn't work with her. She, she has to be, for, for me anyway, Diana has to stay the emissary, you know, like she's, she's the peaceful one. She should be peace before, before violence. Like, it, I mean, say what you will about Wonder Woman 84. I think the best thing about it is that it ends with a conversation. Um, it ends with her having a conversation with everyone and saying, listen, like, I know that you guys can be better because that that's Wonder Woman to me. And I think it's great that you could have this different take on Wonder Woman, this Yara Floor, you know, who is still younger and still a little angrier and still a little reckless, but still has so much heart that like, you know, someone someone paid the ultimate price for her and she needs to correct that. And I think that that's a beautiful thing. And then for that soldier to be like, and no, like I'm, I'm good here. Like, don't, don't worry about it. I made my choice and this was my choice to make, you know, and Yara Floor's mission fails. Yeah, and you get man. that page of her like feeling that and it's completely silent and she's just like like enraged and like in tears and it's wonderful perfect moment i thought that book was the, the second issue really pulled it out for me i i also thought the art was beautiful i'm not the biggest joel jones writing person um but i love her art so much and i think that the writing was really strong on this um specifically in the second issue again like first issue was fun you know but the second issue really hit the emotional pangs and i i felt it i thought this was a masterstroke uh to have that swing of like oh here's a decent story whoa let's ramp it up to 11 for the end was perfect yeah I and it. i and i think that it's it's something that i think and there's another book on my on my list that kind of did the same thing for me but getting kind of hooking you in with like oh this is going to be a fun like superhero story and really kind of pushing through at the end and letting you know like this is a story about like about human beings about yes yes i i will say that i absolutely agree i think the current version of wonder woman really excels in the moments when you need someone who is always going to try to make the right choice yes i wonder woman is more superman that way like that's that's the thing that her and clark have in common Right. And I don't think that it's always been the case with that yeah. character. I no. personally, you know, I've been rereading this book for reasons, but um, oh. New Frontier, New Frontier hey. Wonder Woman is hey. amazing because hey, she hey. reminds me yes. so much when you're talking about like a young Wonder Woman who's full of fire and yes. like passion. That is a Yara Floor. That is exactly That is exactly it. You nailed it. That's exactly it. And yeah, I think that's that's exactly it. And, and then the have... whole glory of New Frontier is that Wonder Woman learns to be Wonder Woman, exactly. Like in the process of that story, you know, like yeah, no, that is exactly. And then, it. And You're right. I'm so prepared for Yara oh, to go on call. that journey, but I'm yeah. having so much fun with her where she is right now. That's like, the thing, and I'm young, glad that like yeah, I'm what? I'm glad that the book that's coming out of Future State for her is a Wonder Girl book Agreed. because that means that she's not going to be Wonder Woman for some time. So she can still be the young and brash, you know, like I think that's a great place for that character to live for right now. Like, yeah, let's, let's embrace that. And I like the blending of her Brazilian heritage alongside the great heritage of the Amazons. Cause there's so much 
And I can't wait There's to find so out much. more about the Brazilian Amazons. Like, Agreed. I think that's a great idea. Is like Amazons by region of the planet. I think is a great idea. Like, let's get into like African Amazons. Like, yeah. let's 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 keep that going. Which we'll get to that sort of. Yeah, and I um, and I hope that we continue five, to like explore that stuff yeah. with that Wonder Girl book. And I yeah. I absolutely agree. Like, I think Joelle Jones. I love her art. Joel Jones is like God. She is so she's top ten artist right now. Yeah, Um, her writing I think is definitely kind of hit and miss. I really liked the early issues of Catwoman, and I feel like it kind of went away. That's fair. But I absolutely I thought she was firing on all cylinders when it came to narrative, when it came to exposition, when it came to characters. Like both of these issues really like you could not ask for a better debut for this character. No, I I think it was a banger of a debut. Yeah. I think I love that she like she mouthed off to people, like she had the attitude. Like this is a character that I am excited to go on a journey with. Yeah. And I I'm so glad that we both had this that we can both awesome. talk about this yeah. right now. Like hell yeah. I I, I absolutely really like this. And it's funny, you know, uh when they announced the book, they also announced that someone was uh developing it for like a CW show. Yeah. And that was announced like a week ago that that didn't go through. Not going through anymore. And honestly, I'm kind of glad. Like I'd like to have a little more comic development of this character and have more development of this character set we can get an idea of who she is more before we get into you know okay let's adapt it for tv and it'll obviously become its own tv thing i'm i'm so stoked also uh we haven't talked about this enough uh great redesign holy crap oh my god holy crap what a beautiful and all it is is taking that costume that they put diana in in the animated like new 52 movies with the collar like it's just that you are but so right. I never made de- that oh, connection. Yeah, it's 100% just that design. Oh like, that's all God, it is. That's so true. But it's perfect. It's such a good design. Wow. It looks so good. I can't unsee it now. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's literally just that costume, but with, like, the with the golden, like, fleece yeah. instead, which I think and is like, hella cool. I like, like the, uh, the bola. Like, oh, oh, my God. I like, love that. It's so, so sick. Cool. It's so, so sick. And, like, cool, like, tied to heritage stuff. Like, it, it's such a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. I, I think honestly, Great just home run, home run. You, yeah. you as well. Great pick. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> well, since 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 we both jammed on that, do you want to do your number three then? Let's swap it. No, please. I, I'll, okay, I'll follow your lead. We okay. got structure here, unlike certain books. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so my number three is kind of a cheat because my number three and number two are in the same book. Um, Fair, but I've been treating the stories differently from the backups. Um, so uh, my number three is the Nubia backup in Immortal Wonder Woman. Love it. Uh, by L.L. McKinney and Alethea Martinez on art. Um, I love Nubia. Now, for listeners, spoilers, I'm a black fella. Uh, what? <laughs> I know. What a, what a weird thing. Someone named Mal. Well, I guess, you know, since Frankie Muniz is not actually just a given anymore are you, are you talking about <laughs> your favorite your favorite show god, oh, god. the the hardest thing about wonder one wandavision was that malcolm in the middle episode <laughs> yeah. being a malcolm in the middle episode because i was like oh i hate malcolm in the middle it sucks uh... like god um so uh i love nubia i've always loved nubia i always thought the idea of black wonder woman is super cool um specifically because 
Nubia originally was what we just talked about with Yara Floor. Yeah. Younger, a little angrier, and reasonably angry, um, you know, because Black woman in world of Amazons and also in world of non-Amazons, um, you know, strong Black woman, that's not exactly uh, the best place to be. Um, you know, so I, I love that character. And that character has been on the shelf for a very long time. They haven't done anything with Nubia in years. And I love all the attention we're getting for her. They just released a, a teenage, like, graphic novel yeah, about Nubia. One, written, right? yeah, real one. Uh, written by L.O. McKinney as well. So uh, that is on my list of things to read. Um, I, I, I love that character. And I love what L.L. McKinney did with her here. Um, which ties a little bit into Infant Frontier, I guess, as well. Uh, but setting up that Nubia is a big time player and that Nubia is a Wonder Woman of the future as well, I think is a great choice. Um, and it's really her uh, just challenges of, you know, wearing the crown of being Wonder Woman uh, while also having a greater destiny for you. Um, I, I think it was just beautifully drawn. Uh, it felt like... <sighs> It's going to sound weird coming out of my mouth, but it felt ethnic in the right way. You know, it didn't feel like, oh, here's this white guy drawing Nubia. You know, it felt like someone who has an attachment to the character writing and drawing that character. And I felt just a lot of love in that backup story, but also, you know, a lot of culture and a lot of pride in that culture. And that's something that I've wanted for that character for a very long time. So I, I absolutely loved the Nubia backup. I wish it was his own book. Um, like, I, I loved that backup so much. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I will I will be completely honest. I kind of enjoyed the Nubia story more than the main story. Not that it was bad. I I really dug that. So the main story we're going to come back to because that's my number two. And those are both very interchangeable. I Fair. literally had them on my paper swapped, but I felt motivated to talk about Nubia right now. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it, man. Like, it, it, I, it so, so they're both cool very interchangeable. Because yeah. I, you know, I don't have like as much of a connection to that character, but I was engrossed in her character, yeah. in her story. And I just, I, I want to see more. I yeah. definitely, I have She's that awesome. same, like that real one book, like on my list of books that I need to read. Yeah. It's so, and it was so great. Like the, um, the seeds that they planted with what is to come for that character. Yeah. And we'll talk about it a little bit more when we get to Infinite Frontier, but like, yeah. Oh man, what, what a, in the same way that the uh, Yara Floor book was an incredible introduction to this character, what a great mm. reintroduction to that's, that's the thing. people who are This familiar. was, that's exactly, it. it was a great reintroduction or introduction. Um, it, it felt like meeting Nubia for the first time. I, I remember like when I first saw Nubia as a character and I saw like, whoa, there's this black woman just as Wonder Woman. Like, that's cool. Like, you know, it, there's, I mean, growing up when I did, you know, there wasn't a ton of focus on black characters, you know, and the ones that there were, you know, it's it's your blade or, you know, Luke Cage was coming back into prominence. But right. specifically at the time when I was reading it, you know, he was written very stereotypically black guy. So, you know, it, you know, it, it, there wasn't a lot. And it was cool to see this strong Grace Jones looking chick who you know, <laughs> was willing to beat the crap out of a white dude, you know, like it, it was awesome. So I, I am so excited to get more of that character. Also, the design work on like her like regular clothes in so this were good. incredible. I, I thought her and her aunt like looked amazing. Her aunt who like runs the club looked amazing. And I, I just, I loved it. I loved it. 
it yeah. i'm getting emotional just thinking about it. <laughs> i really want to go reread it like it was it was great i hope they release that as like its own one shot kind of thing For um because sure. I, I think that's a very easy sell agreed yeah fantastic pick absolutely like such a great great character yeah. study and like, yeah i thought it was the strongest of the backups and like it, it that fair. was the backup that felt the most to me like okay i want this to be its own book yeah. like i want this backup so badly just as its own book so yeah good pick good pick thanks so, uh my number three is a book that i was highly anticipating for, oh for this for this story and i think honestly the things that they really um they really hit on it really really sang and it's you know that it was going to be on here it's robin eternal <laughs> it's robin eternal <laughs> you knew that it was coming you knew that it was going to be on this list it was train my, heist baby train heist it was my hell yeah was my number one most anticipated uh re- hell yeah written by megan fitzmartin with art by eddie barrows i also adore eddie barrows as an artist. i love eddie barrows and i love how eddie barrows draws a timbo so good my so god like he good. he draws tim like a younger version of arkham knight tim Yes, which I Timbo think is great. Like, he, like he is Timbo the Himbo. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, honestly, it. I mean, it's it's got everything you need. It's got Tim Drake. It's got Blade Runner Gotham. It's got a train heist. It's yeah. got Stephanie Brown. What else do you need? Oh, I'll tell you an ASL character who was incredible. I not only love that, I want to see more of that in comics and representation in general. Same. Uh, that was think... one of my favorite things in the Miles Morales game. Yeah. Uh, I loved his connection that's my f- with that's that my girl. favorite like, side quest. It's my fa- it's my favorite side quest. I so I love cool. her and I love that connection and seeing that with Tim, I was like, oh man, like that's so great. Like these these are the exact characters I want to see interacting with just real people. <laughs> yeah, and that's <laughs> something that I've awesome. always loved about. <laughs> Tim and Stephanie is like out of yeah. all of the bat family, they're the most like on the street. Yes. They're the most like, yes. Oh, we can actually like converse with people. Yes, because exactly. We, because we, uh, we have some like social, uh, we know social cues <laughs> for the most part. Exactly. Like, exactly. We that's, can be normal people strength, if we want. That's the strength of Stephanie Brown. Like that's, yes. that's my favorite thing about Stephanie Brown as Batgirl is that she feels believable as Batgirl because she's like a real person. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Like she is a 100% a real like comic fan who became Batgirl. Like she's like <laughs> Kamala Khan before Kamala Khan. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I, and I love uh, like it. the, um, I love the way that this went because the, the train heist is to get this Lazarus resin, which uh-huh. if it gets into the hands of the magistrate. They're going to use to make peacekeepers that will never be unstoppable peacekeepers. Completely. Yeah. And when Tim gets there and they're like, okay, we got to figure out how to stop this train. And he gets his neck snapped by this century. I was like, you <laughs> motherfuckers. I was so angry. I, I wish you all could have been a fly on the wall with me reading this book because he, he gets his neck snapped and he gets tossed aside. And I was tossed like, aside. I hate yeah. all of you. I hate yeah. DC Comics. You yeah. continue to hurt me. I I'm going to be honest, back. the reason it didn't make my list, and it all turned out okay, but the reason I didn't make my list was because of that moment. Because I was like, you need to stop playing with me on this. Like- I was so <laughs> mad because I was like, and now it's going to be a Stephanie Brown story, which is fine. I love Stephanie fine. Brown. 
but you sold me on a Tim Drake heist, you sons of bitch. And then he gets back up. And I, the hype went through the roof reading this book. When he gets back up, I'm like, yeah. oh, Robin Eternal. Eternal. Oh. That's, so that's the thing, because when, that, when the next step happens, I also thought like, okay, so it's going to be a Stephanie book for the rest of it. And the point of it being Robin Eternal is that Robin is a concept. And I love that idea. Agreed. I could be really into this. But then he got back up and I was like, right, of course, Lazarus stuff. Why didn't <laughs> I think about this? Oh, my God. <laughs> Agreed. Like, I, I, it completely went over my head. I didn't even think about it. And I think that's a strength of Fitzmartin's writing. Yeah. To, like, you get so caught up this. in everything else that you completely miss. It's right in front of you of this is the mission here it is <laughs> like look at this look it's at important it. it's you know right it's, it's that mickey mouse meme like it's a tool we'll save for later <laughs> like i just i adored it and the the second issue was so good following up on that him dealing with the the lazarus madness yes and the I shadow thought was super of batman over his over his shoulder like so freaking good in the way that it ends where it's like yeah. okay he's gonna crash the train we're gonna like, yeah and then stephanie gets carted away to be put into the batgirls back up like yep. i i adored it and then the train crashes and i'm like you know what i'm okay with this story like yeah. it worked for me it was all good and then he reaches out of the water and, and he I'm reaches like, up I want this like book. hell yeah i want this book for the hell rest yeah. of time this is my new robin book i don't care about this damien son of batman bullshit give me <laughs> my tim drake lazarus Honestly, addiction book i would read that book so hard same it, it that's that's another reason why it didn't make my top five is because it's not going to come out of anything else. It hurts like, me. It, it physically sucks. hurts me. Because I was like, man, like that would have been really amazing. Like if they set up such a good, this was a great like zero issue to set up an ongoing series of him, of him just going around the very world. Very reckless things like being because a one-man team Because he can't die. <laughs> and we get to like, we get to have him grapple with the idea of being the safe Robin. Like yep. his, his whole concept, his whole robin costume exactly. was built for safety because exactly. he was the he was the he was the one fragile. after the mistake yes he was the baby bird and i just like I, for sure i love everything so that's, about that's, that. yeah it's a it's a great choice for tim to be that book and to be to find out okay now actually i'm kind of bulletproof like i i can take the hits like yeah. i have to learn how to i have to learn how to operate differently knowing that i can take hits now like it's it's such a good idea it would be it would be my spiritual successor to grayson like yeah I, yeah have him traveling drake. around the world Do sure he already won as drake unfortunately I but i still don't like that no <laughs> i i don't either but it works better but i do this. like but i do like that as long as he doesn't go by that code name i'm totally okay with the book being called drake like yeah yeah oh, it's called so the book good. drake so but he's good. still yeah he's still robin like hell yeah i would sure. read the hell out of that book it'd be awesome oh man but yeah, so uh, moving on, you already announced your number two. Tell me about it. Yeah, so my number two, Immortal Wonder Woman, uh, written by Becky Cloonan and uh, Michael Conrad and drawn by Jim Bartell. Uh, Jim, Bartell, Jim Bartell, who literally might be my second favorite artist in comics right now. Uh, so she's like good. right behind, she's right behind Chris Anka. Uh, they're my top two. <laughs> they're my babies. I love me some Chris Anka. They're, they're my babies and I love them. Uh, <laughs> I love them so much. Um, so yeah, uh, this was <sighs> immortal Wonder Woman lived up to the concept very well. Mm -hmm. uh, it is Wonder Woman being an immortal, being the last person on earth, 
we get to see some of the last super fights on the planet. Uh, and then she's the last like sentient being in the universe, which is incredible. <laughs> yeah. It, like I, 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 I really liked the first issue because the first issue was like, okay, here's more to Wonder Woman. Like, cool. She's a little older. She still looks pretty much the same. She just has like a gray streak. I like that she has like Batman's utility belt and she's kind of haunted by the fact that Bruce is dead. That kind of goes with my ship of Bruce and Diana together forever. Like, that's great, you know? And then you get, you, you, you get chunky Superman showing up to fight Darkseid. And I was just like, oh, hell yes. <laughs> <laughs> Superman with a dad beard. <laughs> <laughs> like kind of thick and stocky punching Superman or punching Darkseid in the face. That's my book. And then things like the, the, I don't remember what they're called at this point, but like the, the shadowy beings yeah, that the are darkness or whatever the darkness is just taking over everything and erases everything to the point where the last two people in the universe are Wonder Woman and the Spectre. Love it. And that conversation with the Spectre where he realized like, like my mission's done. Like I was a being of vengeance and there's nothing to be vengeful for anymore. It's just like, like, you can pass. You know, it was such a fulfilling moment for a character that I didn't expect to be in the book. And that's a perfect Wonder Woman characterization of, no, like, it, I, am, I am here to ferry you on to your next thing. Oh, uh, like, it, it was beautiful. It was yeah. a beautiful moment. And then she's just left alone in the darkness and then starts the cycle of life. She becomes the light that reignites the universe. And if anyone's going to do it, it's Clark or it's Diana because she learned from Clark. And I, I think that's such a beautiful thing. Like, I, I love the visual look of the character, how she has, you know, the little kryptonite shard around her neck and she has the utility belt. Like, she's learned things from her two best friends of Clark and Bruce. And she's, it, it, was, it was just beautiful. It was beautiful and like the, it was the opposite of the Yara Floor book for me, where the Yara Floor book was, you know, kind of low for the beginning and then really high up emotionally this one was like really high big blockbuster action for the first one and then the second issue was just like a really nice cool calm down as like i got yeah. to i felt like i experienced the isolation of nothingness with the character because the pages really brought that out like the jim bartell art really brought that out like just the loneliness of the darkness and them sitting together in the middle of nothingness like it, it was beautiful and ends on a beautiful last page of her like exploding into light like i i thought that book was just absolutely tops holy crap it was so good yeah it was, <laughs> it was incredible and like i said i i think that um especially reading that first issue. I was much more interested in the Nubia backup between the yeah. two, but that conversation, like, like you said, that was I what was really sold me like holy... them to have where no. she is able to. And I think we've, we've seen this in media and, you know, there have been uh, times in, you know, people's lives where they've, you know, had to tell someone like, it's okay. Like you can go. Mm -hmm. And, it was so like the specter for listeners who might be like unfamiliar with this character is this like is this like godlike spirit of vengeance yeah. and like the crux of his character is that he is there to punish he's and there to punish the wrongful eternal yeah. like battle is like he has to go from <laughs> negative to negative to negative because that's that you know justifies his existence yeah. and the two of them being especially in the context of infant frontier the two of them yes. like sitting next to each other and her being like 
it's okay like you can go and knowing in her heart like this is the last person this is the last for... conversation i'll ever have because there's nothing else there's nothing else. yeah once he goes and she has this moment where she's just like at peace where she's yeah. like now i can go like it was now. beautiful like, oh i was i was I was it was beautiful. Up. I was really Yeah, crying. I'm tearing like, up right now. <laughs> just like, and this acceptance where she was just like, okay, well, I'm going to go out the way that I always have, like as an Amazon. Yeah, and as an Amazon. And she fights against this darkness that she can't win against, yeah. that she's watched consume everything else. And then she kind of comes to peace with it. And she's just like, okay, this is nothingness. And then she gets this spark for a moment. And she's like, no, wait a second and like she like you said she ignites a whole new she becomes the spark that like yeah. lights up an entire new universe multiverse whatever like so good and an, the perfect endpoint for that character the perfect the endpoint point for that character like if there was never another wonder woman book i would be totally fine it Absolutely. was very much like uh i think we've talked about this before green lantern 20 yes jeff john's like final issue on uh, green lantern, where if there was never another green lantern book i'd be completely fine totally okay with it. like it was it was a perfect ending to that character where yeah. i could never read another diana book ever again i'd be totally good yeah. that and, said and I, I would absolutely be okay with like okay it's yara flora's time now like yep it, absolutely or it's nubia and yara flora like put yes. them both or hey let's move up cassie too and just have the three wonder woman like hell yeah let's do it don't you forget you know, like, donna troy. Totally fine don't that. you forget donna troy i think donna is going to be important for other stuff i i <laughs> and we're gonna talk about it i guess we're gonna talk about that so. but i'm oh man but yeah and it yeah. made me excited to be to be like okay so now like i think for the most part dc has gotten to the point where they're like because i feel like especially in the last 10 15 20 years they have really tried like actively and openly tried to be like we are going to try and raise diana's stock to where batman yes. and clark are yes and i think this was the moment this book was them being like we've accomplished that yes absolutely wonder woman to the point we've gotten diana to the point where she stands as that pillar and now we absolutely. can tell stories in that world and like i was i was talking about it on a on a previous episode when i was going through like the comics rundown or the comics countdown for the podcast where i was like, yeah we have a superman family we have a batman family and mm -hmm. there's never really been like a wonder woman like sisterhood like, and i yeah. think that oh, like building that out now is now going to be their challenge and i yes. think that Absolutely. they are going to jump into this challenge and i'm excited for them to do that and i've yeah never that, been that is why i'm that's why i'm excited about them taking diana off the board Agreed. um and and to to its credit i think death metal does a lot for that as well by Absolutely. making her like the main character of death metal and her being the big deus ex at the end you know like i i think they did a really good job of saying like wonder woman is important like you said making her yeah. the third pillar like finally properly making her the third pillar and you know having her stand on her i i now we can take that out and see what the rest of that world looks like and i i think that's a really interesting idea for sure yeah and i'm yeah. i'm so excited to see where they go next but yeah same. yeah i loved that creative team too like jen bartell i'm more like familiar with with her final fantasy 7 remake fan art mm. but, like, so good give me so good. give me that nsfw tifa book please oh, jesus because i will buy <laughs> <laughs> i will buy but yeah i i am chomping at the bit for her to draw more dc universe draw more diana draw more Wonder yeah i think she uh, her dark side is 
awesome looking. So cool. <laughs> so cool. And even so, so cool. The, the Superman is the same as the uh, House of L design. Like the yes. way that she reflavored it, I really dug. I actually like her take on it more. <laughs> fair. Absolutely fair. I, I think it looks better. <laughs> and it might be because it was a better book, but like it's. Oh my God, right? Okay, really... we're going to talk about that with the putters and misses. Yes, <laughs> we will. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and jump into my number two, which yeah. was another highly anticipated book for me. It is The Next Batman. The Next Batman is my number two. Okay, I good pick. really, really loved this book. Um, written by, and I want to make sure I get all these people on there, John Ridley, Paul Jones, yeah. Brandon Thomas, Ken Christensen. Uh, Paul Sevenbergen and Vita Ayala with art by Laura Braga, Emanuela Lu Pacino, uh, Sumit Kumar, Nick Darrington, and Jack Herbert. This was a stacked book. If, if yes. there was one, um, this is one of the only books, one of, I believe, just two books that went to four issues instead of just it one. was, yeah. Um, and this was alongside Yara, basically the flagship for like this future state like jace fox as batman Mm -hmm. and i this was the internet breaking black batman book (laughs) this is the one that i remember us talking about it when it was Mm -hmm. first when this the next batman book was first announced nothing was known about it except john ridley was writing it Mm -hmm. and we specifically had this conversation about okay who's the next batman going to be are they fulfilling that black batman um uh Mm -hmm. directive like what are they what is this going to be and this book was both everything and nothing like i thought it was going to be which i really enjoyed a very Um, good way to put that i want to talk about the uh the backups first because unlike uh superman world at war um i think that the backups were for the most part really strong yeah yeah i think at worst they were interesting yes most notably that outsider's backup I adored that outside. Oh, really? Backup. Okay, I, really I liked really it. Dug it. I I thought it was good. I didn't. I didn't love it. I thought that was interesting. Because I, I cool the idea of them being literal outsiders, like they are the protectors of the outside yes. zone of Gotham. Yeah, and the three characters that they chose to make their POV are three characters that I absolutely love and adore. That being yep. Hannah, Black Lightning, and my boy Duke Thomas. Hell yeah! Hell I, yeah! Should be Robin. Hell yeah! Should, should be, be Robin. Robin. Hell yeah! Should, should be, be Robin. Robin. Hell yeah! In a Robin's book with uh, with Stephanie Brown, the two of them going around the world to try and find Tim Drake oh. with Batman. I pitched that book. Make that book. Make oh, that book. Mouth. That sounds so good. Um, oh. I I really really dug what they were doing with this i love jetpack katana i don't it's so dumb is dope and it makes no sense but i love everything about nah, it give nah, me more jetpack I, katana and electro yeah. black lightning hell like yeah. turning black lightning into a lightning sword into for duke living Thomas lightning to use. is pretty dope hell yeah i and i love that redesign for duke i absolutely i think the redesign is great yes and the ending of him like showing up at the border and then being like hey buddy you got to turn around and he shows up with his like samurai jack style like you have no idea how much I'm about to mess you up right now. Yeah, pretty awesome. Really, really dug it. Really liked the concept behind it. And it, uh, once again, continues the Duke Thomas supremacy that I hope continues forward. I need more of these characters. I... Tell me what you think. I, I, just, I just want more Duke Thomas in general. Okay. I think that that's a character that's being slept on. Uh, I think it's a really interesting character. 
They could do a lot with that. There isn't many black members of the Bat family, and I just want them to do stuff with Duke Thomas. It's so goddamn bad. And I don't, I don't know how like this. I don't know how this would be done or received, but if they want to just make him Jace Fox's Robin, like I think, make him Jace Fox's Nightwing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Or Red I, I can like, I can give or take whatever you want to do with his like but his yeah, powers. I but I, like, I understand how that would look of like okay yeah. let's put all the black characters aside. yeah but and that's why I think that yeah. there's something powerful in that of Jace going around and picking an all black team for to sure. represent his Batman. Like I think there's something really interesting there. Hell, make um, that Batman the Batman for the Outsiders. Like that would be oh. And god like, that sounds get, good yeah and you get oh, like this all over cool. team it, anyway but like yeah overall oh, cool. outsiders i really enjoyed arkham knights was interesting arkham knights i thought this was my least favorite one fair okay because it wasn't my least favorite but we'll get into it interesting because um, <laughs> arkham knights i like the concept of i like astrid arkham i i really enjoy that design i like the medieval aspect of it i like you know her making this knights of the round table um, yeah. and i thought the choices were interesting for her knights i wish that they had done more with it because there were certain That's, characters that i was yeah. super into there was like the killer croc stuff i liked the idea that appropriately two-face was her second in command yep because mm-hmm. of course it can uh, only just, be second in command yeah yes and i really liked the dr phosphorus stuff but i wish that they had worked more with those characters and not tried to I be agree. like let's give some shine to victor Saz. let's give some shine to all these other characters because i i, I th- completely agree because i think that astrid arkham is such an interesting interesting character on herself that they could have made that backup her building her knights rather than her having them all like together like show me how she convinced these crazy ass people to become yeah. a paramilitary strike force for her yeah but i liked the concept and i liked the art so what did you think because i know you said I, this is the least so it's just my least favorite because i i also think that astrid arkham could be really interesting mm-hmm. um I think that they should have. I understand the point of a future state, like being like, hey, let's set up things that we're going to play with an infinite frontier. I think that there is a more interesting story coming out of infinite frontier number one with Astrid Arkham than there is with what we see in future state. I, I think the setup for how she gets to that point is more, like, like you said. Uh, it, it should have been a getting the gang together story. I think the setup okay. for her becoming this is more interesting. I also, it makes sense that Two-Face would be second in command. I think that it should have been Two-Face's team and Astrid Arkham is the second in command. Interesting. Like, I, I, I want my Two-Face to be more morally good. Um, okay. I think he should be stronger that way and then dip into evil as opposed to be evil and dip into good, which is always a characterization. Um, and I think if you're going to do something interesting with him, like that, do, do that, do the, to the Tomasi, uh, Batman and Robin, uh, like end of that story where he's, he's more good than not, uh, you know, and is suicidal granted, but <laughs> well, and I think they, they tease that because going back to that Nightwing book, yeah. he shows up. Yes. 
yes, as part exactly. of that resistance. And I'm like, exactly. And he's like a part of the, not like the other. What are you two, doing here? Two Face should absolutely be how they treated Red Hood for all of New Fifty Two, where Two Face should be Two Face should be the bad boy of the Bat Family, like one hundred percent. He should be the but unpredictable part of the Bat Family. Jason Todd should just be a part of the freaking Bat Family. Like they should just <laughs> love Jason. God, like stop, stop treating Jason like he's the you know quote redheaded stepchild i hate that phrase but you know it's is it because apropos. he's actually a redhead yes <laughs> it's apropos because i believe he is a redhead and he bruce is a redhead dye his, dyes his hair that is yes that bruce is made canon. him dye his hair that is canon thank you god that's canon that's not that's not up for debate yes um, and that's why his hair turns white with the white tuff because it's because the bleach because the, the bleach anyway yes, thank but, you uh, <laughs> but yeah um i also really enjoyed batgirls and I yeah, don't think I like have enough time to tell that story, but anytime you put Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown in a story, I am there. Yeah. Um, and I like Vidaela's writing. I think they're yes. pretty they're pretty great. Um crushing it on New Mutants right now. So yeah, I, I was I was into that characterization for those characters. Um a little confusing timeline wise. Yes. because next Batman came out before uh Robin Eternal. And so I was like, ah, like what is the deal here? Yeah. But you know, that's again also more of a problem like, with future before stage Nightwing, though. where she's yes. also out of it, it's confusing. Yes, it's but, just a future state problem. Yeah, but I I really enjoyed the Batgirl stuff. The one that I wasn't super into was Gotham City Sirens. That one I I was uh, I was you know what's funny? On. I actually completely forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Comple- I completely forgot about that. That may be my least favorite. That is my least favorite because I just I didn't care. I, did, I knew I, where the story was going. I didn't yeah. care about it. We did get a really nice Slam Bradley cameo, but like I thought that was cool. I love me some Slam, but but I just I didn't care about it. But what I did really enjoy was the main story. I thought the main story was very good. I just wish yeah. that we had gotten Darrington through all four issues. I liked Laura Braga's art, but I really missed Darrington from that first issue. So it's funny because I, I love Nick Darrington. I also love Laura Braga's art. I think her art is amazing. She's great. Um, I Since she did a majority of the book, I wish she was just the artist. I wish Fair. she had done all four parts. Yeah. Like, don't tease me with Darrington for one part and then do Braga for like three other parts. It's rude to both of them. Absolutely. Like, you know, so just pick one or the other. I completely agree, but I, yeah. I could have had Laura Braga for the whole story. I think her art Same. looked great. I, like, I wish it, I, I really enjoyed it. I just wish, like you say, it had been like they had established because they were like yeah. really billing this as like John, as Nick Darrington and Nick John Ritter. Darrington, yes. new next yes. Batman. Mm-hmm. Just I was caught off guard, but I really enjoyed the almost like Warriors esque story where yeah. it's like, okay, I got to get these two people across town while I'm being hounded by the police yeah. and the magistrate. I liked that. I really really did and i loved the intercuts they really like they played with this i at least in the first issue they did where they played like is it tim or is it luke what's going on here and i'm like why are you doing this you already told us so this was my frustration this is another one that i got to read early uh i got to read most of it early i didn't read the last issue early but one two and three i read early and so when I read one, I was like, okay, well, it's, I mean, it's clearly gotta be Jace. Like right. they're doing the misdirect with, is it, is it, you know, but it, it's clearly gotta be Jace. And then when I got the PDF for the second one, that was when they made the announcement that it is 
him that it was Jace. So I was like, well, so what was the point of doing a misdirect in the first issue? Like, who is that for if you're just going to yeah. announce it anyway? Like, <laughs> That's why I what was like, what, why, what is the point of this? Like, this feels like a different book. Yeah, it was a weird choice. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think he's a super interesting Batman. Um, Agreed. I, I specifically, given that it, for this book, it felt like he was year one Batman still. Yes, I love Scrappy Batman. And I like that a lot. Like, I love a Scrappy Batman. That's exactly it. Um, I, I like that take a lot. Um, and the lessons that he learned. Like, I, I loved when the dude and the couple, like, shivved him. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, like oh, no. Him, but I was it's like, absolutely oh, what was going to fucking happen. Like, but exactly. Like, of course. And, you know, it, Jace learned some things as Batman there. And then the, the ending was really wonderful the him yes. going to his mom's hospital bed and be like hey you know like these masks are crazy am i right like, <laughs> <laughs> it almost felt very batman beyond it felt very batman beyond that's exactly it felt it. a little self-referent that little like at the end like oh i'm just not getting enough sleep as he goes on his next date with dana like exactly it, it felt like very like this is chapter one and we're yeah. gonna continue on his story which i loved because yeah. that's exactly what just like with the yara floor book this is like a perfect introduction to that character mm-hmm. and i'm really excited for the I think it's going to be a digital first series that's going to explain him becoming Batman. Second Son? Yeah, yes. so that's that's coming out digitally now. Um, oh. And then it's going to be out in print starting next month. Uh, nice. Yeah, which is, yeah, telling the origin of that. Between that and then the Future State Gotham book, I'm very excited for as well, uh, which is interesting. Yes. And we'll kind of get to that yeah, in my we'll next We'll talk one. about it. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, let me know what is your number one pick. <sighs> number so one pick. Book. Number one pick, uh, Dark Detective. Nice. Dark Detective was awesome. Uh, Mariko Tamaki and Dan Mora on the art. Uh, Holy crap. Dark Detective was awesome. Uh, I have for years thought that Batman has gotten too big as a concept. Just as an idea. I think Batman's presence in Gotham has gotten too big and his importance has gotten too big. And I want Batman to be more like one of our other favorite heroes, Daredevil. Uh, And one of my favorite things about coming out of Joker war is that I feel like they've gotten closer to that where Batman has to be a little smarter in how he does things. He doesn't have the infinite resources, all that jazz. He has to be more like daredevil dark detective was like, okay, what if we're taking the Batman is really like daredevil thing to the max and we're making him like born again, daredevil. Yes. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, it's him rolling around in a trench coat and this Batman is born, born again. again. It's born again but with technology and drones. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> uh, it was uh, super pretty. Dan Mora is the third in my uh, art babies. Uh, it's He's Anka, so Bartel, and Dan Mora. They're my three what favorite artists trinity. in comics. That's awesome. That's my that's that's my three favorite artists in comics, man. <laughs> like, and nice. Dan Mora is the Batman out of them. Like, he's he's the Batman of the three. Uh, Makes sense. I now I, absolutely... I just want a Superman Chris Anka book. Oh right, man. Right. Sorry. Continue. Right. Wouldn't uh, no. Right. Wouldn't that be messed up? Oh boy. Wouldn't that be gorgeous? Yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah. Think about that. Um. <laughs> So I, I love Dan Mora's design ideas. I mean, there's specific things that he even like on Twitter called out like are just straight up from Akira for, <laughs> for yes, Dark Detective. I love, it. I love how awesome. he was so brutal I think it fits about it. really well. Um, I, I just love the visual style of the book. I really liked the side characters that we were introduced to. Uh, 
uh, uh, I'm blanking on their names, but uh, the uh, the the guy who's concerned about like oh the government's trying to listen in on our thoughts. Yeah. I thought that was a really interesting foil for especially for being right. Like that's the thing that everything that that guy ranted about Bruce realized was absolutely true, which is really cool. <laughs> um, and then again, a really great ending. Uh, the last issue of that, of him, you know, going to the magistrate plaza and really trying messing things up and blowing up like at the end. And you don't know if he's actually alive or not. But, like, I, I just thought it was wonderful. It was again, it's just born again. Like, but it's a cool new take on born again. I think Marco Tamaki's writing is very strong in general. And I loved her take on Bruce. Um, you know, I think it's a more caring Bruce than we're used to seeing. Uh, as of recently, which I really like that because Bruce should have a level of caring. He is a person who takes in orphan children, so he should be pretty caring. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I just loved it. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, and it's I, another one that I could live in that series for a very long time and be very happy. Uh, also, sure. the coolest redesign for Bruce Wayne. Like, yes, hands down, great. like looking like a bare knuckle bruiser bruce wayne is badass like <laughs> i love the use of the uh the nolan utility belt too i love it oh so good and like just like the chest armor like the vegeta kind of the chest armor. yes that's exactly what i thought too when i saw that <laughs> it's with the spray painted bat on it it's super cool he just looks awesome it's the only time i've liked the chin strap in comics yeah and like and literally the only time <laughs> Yeah, and I think it worked really well for yeah. that, like, again, Scrappy Batman. Like, mm -hmm. that's, that's, it, the, that's the thing. It's Scrappy Batman again, but it's older Batman being Scrappy yeah. Batman because he's been pushed into it, and I think that's cool as hell. And so, it makes yeah. me really excited for their upcoming run for Detective Comics, and we'll yes. talk about it. But, yes. yeah, I'm I'm super into that. That is a killer choice. It, yeah. I will say... Um, it didn't make my list, but holy crap, was that such a strong book. And I actually really enjoyed the uh, the backups as well. I did as well. Uh, specifically, the Red Hood backup was really interesting. And I was not expecting to like that as much as and I did. And I was not expecting to like it as much as I did, but I thought it was really, especially like the second part. Again, yeah. I thought it was stronger in the second part, but really interesting backup there. I thought that was a lot of fun. For sure. And he's going to be like the poster child for that. Future for State the Future Gotham. State Gotham book. Yeah. But yeah, I thought it was a fantastic look at, again, just I love Blade Runner Gotham. Like, I yeah. love that concept. I love the visual. I mean, again, Batman Beyond, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it felt and like the, and I, the only thing that let me down about it was um, was the second issue because they really were like, it's going to be Batman versus Batman. Oh, here I we kind go. Of, I kind of love exactly how that went down. He, next Batman so shows up. And then it's just like, hey, I'm Batman. <laughs> and Bruce is like, no, you're not. And then that's it. And then they just <laughs> run away from And I, That was I, hilarious. I would have liked that more <laughs> if the cover and the, and the preview synopsis hadn't been like, it's Batman versus Batman. Here we go. But I thought I, it set me up pretty nicely for him, uh, for jace to actually show up and be in nightwing because I, I was expecting the same level of cameo so when he was actually like the second character in nightwing number two i was like oh okay cool like we're actually getting him <laughs> like, wow <laughs> so I, I thought that was I a nice that. little one-two punch <laughs> for sure for sure yeah and i i'll be honest i was expecting it to be in my top five um 
and that that it didn't was kind of surprising to me that's um, fair as was my number one pick i was not expecting this to be my number one pick um but i just i ended up absolutely loving this book and that was uh superman wonder woman oh! i don't know i don't superman know wonder Woman was pretty good happened. man yeah it was I a surprise adored this book and yeah. i and you know, there was a lot that like went into it. I think this is my, cause we're going to talk about letdowns. This is my, how I would see John Kent being Superman. That's, that's the, that's the thing. It's and, between this and justice league where the two examples like, okay, that's how I want John Kent to be Superman. Yeah. Like, and I just, yeah. I absolutely adore. And also uh DC's dead planet, but like, Oh yeah. Obviously. I absolutely of adored the characterization of him, like starting mm-hmm. every day, like blowing good morning Metropolis into the clouds, him like timing things. And I love that juxtaposition with Yara floor. Once again, yes. the breakout character of this whole event, the yes, two of them interacting the two of them talking about like, Hey, you know, maybe we should start the justice league again. And Yara is just like, yeah, cause I went so well the first time, which it was like, yeah, I'm sorry. What? But like, yeah, showing the two of them and then getting into the uh, the mythology aspect, bringing in, you know, the gods of Yara's uh, mythology of Yara's mm-hmm. mythology, um, the pitting sun god against sun eater <laughs> sun god. I just such a cool it idea. so much. And the fact yeah, that they decided, that was super like, OK, we're going to, you know we're going to trade partners and like yeah. you, you have like Yara facing down the sun eater with this giant ass gun. And she's like, yeah, I thought bigger. And like, you know, Bad ass. Like, I'll race you. And then he like races essentially Apollo and the two of them. Like, yeah. I loved everything about that. And what really got me was this idea that they have this conversation in the fortress of solitude where um, John kind of talks about, he was, about him shrinking metropolis yeah like it really affecting him and him yeah like him being weighed down by the shadow of his father yes that he has to be so neurotic about him timing out yes his power spoke to me on a spiritual level i yes i i love that take i think that's such a such a good idea and the ending of it i almost cried i i it just the day starts and we see that yara has given him a day off Mm -hmm. and he's doesn't know how to deal with it but we see yara just like doing all this stuff like how do you time this like just yeah going off but her her sitting down with him at the end and them just being friends like that is world's finest shit for me that is like yes hope yes. that is that is what made me excited to be like okay this is future state like i'm down for future state if we yes stuff like this i and completely that, agree that distilled for me like what the spirit of future state should be and so that's why it's my number one i Every time I think about it, it makes me smile. Like I loved that book to pieces. That was a strong honorable mention for me uh, because of that connection. And I, that, that led into, uh, like, like I said, that led into Justice League really nicely. That was a good mm-hmm. setup for the Justice League book where they're the only two who are friends in that team or, you know, immediately yeah. are very clear that they're friends. You know, you find out that Flash and Andy are friends as well. But like- it, More than it, friends, I, I think they're pals. Uh, definitely gal pals, <laughs> am I right? uh but you know i i i loved i 
yeah, I loved that dynamic between John and Yara Floor. Um, I like that kinship there. And I hope that that's something that we get in the Infinite Frontier. Uh, I, I really hope that they start setting that up because I want to see more of that dynamic immediately. For sure. And now, speaking of uh, speaking of good things and bad things and being perfectly balanced in every way, we got to talk about some letdowns because this was let's, not a perfect event. Let's talk about Superman. Uh, Superman of Metropolis. and Metropolis, the number one under my letdowns and my notes. So that book sucked butts, right? I hated that book. I hated it. I, I hated it. And I don't like hating comics. I hate no, everything do I. about that book. I hated that book. I thought it was really bad. Like I just, there was just, there's just no point. And it's funny because, you know, we have to have that in order to have that moment in Superman Wonder Woman where John talks about like, you know, hey, I, I shrunk down the city. It's messed me up. I made a choice. It wasn't the right choice. Like, yeah. but seeing the choice sucked. I Absolutely wish that we just did. hadn't actually seen it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah him clashing with kara was stupid this like was dumb. what what was it brain cells or like brain yeah things? yeah the dumb. new brainiac thing dumb hated sucked it. hated it did not like the it. thing that i hated the most was in this was in the second issue where at the end he just busts in to this you know shrunken metropolis uh -huh. and he's like hey guys i'm sorry but uh, I'm your Superman now. And it uh -huh. framed it like, oh, this triumphant, like, yes. Uh -huh. Oh my God, you're our Superman. You're our savior. I'm like, no. Nope. nope. He's the dick who puts you guys in a bottle. For no reason. <laughs> For literally no reason. There was no, there, there was no reason. Yeah, the only it redeeming sucked. quality of that book was the Guardian's backup or the Guardian backup, which I really enjoyed and was the I only was thing I enjoyed solid. out of that book. Yeah, I, um, I liked that more than the Mr. Miracle one. I know you were high on the Mr. Miracle. I liked the Mr. Miracle. I, I, I liked I, the Guardian. I enjoy Shiloh Norman, man. He's he's weird. Me too. Me too. I just, I don't know. It didn't I'm, do I'm a sucker for me. time loops. I've just, I enjoy that. Nice. But, like, but yes, I absolutely could not stand this book. And the no. only reason I picked up the second issue was because I was like, again, neurotically, like I have to have the complete set. Yeah, it's out of two. That's the thing. Like, it you might as well. bothered me on a fundamental level. And I was like, if this is your view, if this is how you are planning on treating John, get rid of him. Like, him yeah, off. honestly, just because I don't want it. Yeah, I hated it. And also, I know this is going to sound petty. I hate the Superman costume without a cape. I think it's stupid. Fair. Absolutely fair. I think Unless it's, it's Superman Beyond from Batman Beyond. Because I oh, love thank that you. black and white Superman. Thank you, sir. It's it's not you know it's not my favorite, and I really it. The thing about it is, is it improves so much with a cape. Like it's strange yeah. to me why if they look at both of the designs and they're and qu quite obviously the one with the cape is better. They yes. still decided to draw him without one. They still decided to draw him without one. Like I don't understand. It's so weird. I I don't know. make any sense. Yeah, that book did not do it for me. Another book that didn't do it for me, The Flash. I'm so um, angry about The Flash. It is my number two on this. Honestly, I am so mad. I'm so <laughs> mad. I'm, I, Here's an idea, DC. Let's stop vilifying goddamn Wally West for no reason. Dan DiDio has been gone for a year. 
Stop taking down a fucking Wally West. You don't have to hate God Wally West damn. anymore. Like, God I get, damn. I get that this was like supposed to be like the, Jesus. you know, the runoff from 5G, but it doesn't mean you have to keep all of the 5G ideas. No. Just don't. Just stop. And that was the thing stop. that bothered me about the Teen Titans book, too. Because yes. it popped up there. Because it popped and up like, in that as well. I, yeah. I really enjoyed this book until you reminded me of the stupid famine Wally West. It's so shit. Like, dumb. It doesn't it's make so any sense. dumb. I hated this book. I hated that. I, I absolutely, because I'm like, just, and him killing off all of the other speedsters, like, stupid. I, stupid. made me so mad. Made me so, and it's I funny was, because the book started and I was kind of interested because I yeah. like the idea of the Flash family using all the rogues weapons. Yeah. I think that's a cool visual identifier. Yeah. And there's a really cool, like, shot of Barry, like, in the Jay Garrick hat with all with the, the Flash rogues, yeah. like, weapons on him. And I'm like, that's a cool image. But I hate this book. I hate that you used wally to kill jay like i and bart and just, and bart and every stupid book sucked maybe so. and then they sucked. tried to like end it with like oh he's stuck in like the flash ring oh we're gonna use this flash ring to save the world i was like fuck off stupid like I'm stupid done with you. dumb I'm done i hated with you. it hate it um absolutely bad another see i feel bad because all the ones i didn't like i really really didn't like uh green lantern not good <laughs> I will be honest with you. I, I, when I went to the comic book shop, I flipped through it and I'm like, yeah, I'm not reading this. Like, now, I, the only thing that was good, the first issue of Green Lantern had a really cool backup in it mm-hmm. that was Jessica Cruz, like Jessica in a, Cruz. in a space station, no power ring. It's die hard with Jessica Cruz and Yellow Lanterns Love that. for like six pages. Love and I thought that her. was awesome. I love that for her. I thought that was amazing. Why wasn't that just a Green Lantern book? I'm the biggest, per- I'm the only person on the planet who's going to tell you, listen, I think Jon Stewart mostly sucks. Like he blows yeah. chunks, get him out of here. But like, my God, was that Green Lantern Future State book just boring as hell. I could not get through it, which bummed me out because I want to be excited about Jeffrey Thorne's run, but Same. it's a big Jon Stewart run and I, I just don't care. Uh, <laughs> see and and they gave me what, what really frustrates me about that and we'll probably mention it again but i i want to talk about it here about that jeffrey thorn book especially the bit that we got in infinite frontier yeah i was like you took the three least interesting green lanterns yep exactly put them in a book that is exactly it that is exactly it hey and, you know how to not get me to read a book if you have john stewart simon boz and teen lantern and the and most interesting really out bad. of them the most interesting out of them is teen lantern i and i feel bad because i, I think really they want to like there. simon boz i really want to like him but i just why I dc hasn't done anything to make you like him exactly he sucks he's an asshole exactly and that's what frustrates me because like they like, really wanted you to like him with jessica cruz and i'm like yeah there no such a disparity between no. the two of them no he brought jessica cruz down yeah like i also think that that book brought jessica cruz down because they did a lot of Absolutely. work uh working on that character psyche and stuff in especially like dark side war does a lot oh, of work geez. for that character yeah and then you immediately just revert her back to like first appearance jessica cruz for the green yeah. lanterns book i have a sam humphreys problem it's fine that's but, fair <laughs> yeah. uh no and but, i would like, i would immediately have been way more interested if this was teen lantern with jessica cruz and kyle rayner like honestly and 
you know I'm not a Kyle guy. I, but I know yeah, that's because you're wrong, but like that's but that's, but that's way okay. more interesting. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. No, but, put honestly, have her work with the other three yeah. Earth Lanterns for sure. Have, have her work have with Guy Gardner. Have, have her, it punch, be her have with her, Guy. Have her kick Guy in the dick and, be, and the two of them just be. Honestly, I think that's way more interesting. Yeah. Way more interesting. Absolutely. Um, the only other one that I, I have very, I don't know how I feel about it. Suicide Squad. Okay. Let's talk about this because I feel the exact <laughs> same way. I don't because, know how I feel about it. Because I really, reading that first issue, I was like, I don't know if I like this. It's very yeah. interesting, but I don't know if I like this. Yeah. The the second issue is going to is going to decide it for me. And then I read the second issue and I'm like, I still don't know if I like this. I still don't know if I like this. What's happening in this book? My my biggest problem with the second issue is that I think it does the second issue does so much to set up the main Suicide Squad book Even and things that are going to pay off later on in that. So like the whole like be, uh, yeah the whole like peacemaker and Connor talking thing and kind of being like, do you remember what you told me all those years ago, which is clearly going to be something that happens like in at the, the end of the first book. story arc of the super side squad book. Like it, it's weird. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't like Connor being on the suicide squad. I do, but I do kind of like the idea of Amanda Waller taking advantage of Connor, not knowing where he lives Absolutely. and where he exists. I think that's a very smart idea. Because Amanda Waller is absolutely that character. Yes. I love the idea of Peacemaker being on the Suicide Squad. I think that's a great choice and a great take. Um, that's your new dead shot. Like, that's your like, new, if that's your new dead character shot, that's to go through totally fine. different iterations of the team. Good. Like, that's great. And leave Deadshot dead. Yeah. Like, forever. Because we have Livesight, like, live baby! Ah! And, like, I, I am... And we might talk about it, because I... Because I've read the Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad number one. En- yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, I did too. Which is but strange I still, because the, looking yeah, back on Future State, weird about I'm like, yeah. I don't know how to feel about this. But yeah. yeah, those are, honestly, those are the exact same books that I was going to bring up in my notes. So Cool. Perfect. Uh, what did you think agree. about, because we haven't talked about these two at all. What did you think about Harley Quinn and Catwoman? Because I thought that both were like actually pretty good. It was the most readable like Harley Quinn book that I've read in a very mm. long time. Yeah. Um, and I thought the Catwoman was fun. It's just don't have two different train heist books. Exactly. Because like, I think it really diminished that Catwoman it diminished, book for me because of Robin Eternal. Yes. I, I thought that the Robin Eternal train heist was a little more fun. And at the same and time. And a little less complicating. And unfortunately, that just means that I didn't like the Catwoman as much. Exactly. And what is baffling to me is that, like, when you do this, when you have both of these books involved in here, why have that Gotham City Sirens backup in the first place? In, that's in the, the, that's the question. Book? Like, that's exactly. Because it, it, it felt like just, because I, I will say, I enjoyed the writing of the Harley Quinn, but I just, I don't yeah. think DeMeo's art really fit her i don't think it worked for that character yeah and i love simone de i love her art but like it didn't there was a disconnect for me yeah i yeah i don't think it worked very well with the character um but yeah i liked the writing Mm -hmm. uh if you liked that writing check out harley quinn number one at the end of march um (laughs) that's the best i could say but yeah Uh, i I thought they were fine i didn't really like 
I didn't feel yeah. either way on them. I liked them more than I expected to. Uh, I mean, big ups for Catwoman for having Otto Schmidt draw it, though. Ab- That's the thing. Oh, anytime you get Otto Schmidt on anything. I was going to say, and I know that we're both Otto Schmidt fans. Yes. Like, holy crap, the book looks gorgeous. Absolutely and seeing does. Bruce in that book was interesting, but I didn't know yes. how that lined up with Bruce and detect in Dark Again, Detective. The time, the Again, time the time thing made it very make any sense. Yeah. So um that's future state. <laughs> yeah, that's future state. Like that's overall, all <laughs> like that's pretty much like what was there. Um do you yeah. think just do you think that future state succeeded in what it set out to do? I yeah, I think it did. Um I think it did a little messy uh because yes. of the timeline stuff. But yeah, I think it was a good a good setting of the table for the stuff that's coming. Agreed. Um, I think this is more successful convergence. I don't know if you remember convergence. I was, was going to bring that up. I was, but it's... I just, as I'm recording this, uh, I just dropped the Valzad episode, and yes, that's right. Having yes. to go back and go through convergence again for his story, I was like, yeah, God, yeah, like... yeah. I uh, I did a big Earth Two reread about like six months ago because mm. I think that Earth Two book is fascinating because it starts so off being like pretty like okay and then kind of gets like really weird and then like really strange and kind of awesome and then once Tom Taylor comes in it becomes like an injustice book and it's just balls to the wall insane which yeah. is awesome uh, and I love Valzad I I literally the next thing I'm listening to in my podcast lineup is your Valzad episode because I love that character <laughs> um. But yeah, I, uh, I, in doing that reread, Convergence is something else. And it it's funny because something. Convergence gave us our boy back. It gave it us did. our Superman back. It and did. I keep forgetting that that's where that comes from. It gave us John Kent. <laughs> it gave us Lois Lane. Like, yeah. and it continued on the story of the Earth 2 crew. But at the same time, it's like, what, what, what is, what is this? this is just Why? a stopgap between like yeah. U52 and DCU or whatever they're yeah. doing with that um and i think this is much more successful because this is a more successful thing because it didn't have a gimmick that's the exactly event yeah. was the gimmick yes it wasn't like this is an event and we've got all these gimmick tie-ins it was the gimmick no. is the event the gimmick is the event and the event is the yeah it worked out a lot better so um, and i think yeah. there are things that um i mean now that now that you mention it you know convergence does have you know, Superman rebirth that it gave us. But I think um, Future State gave us Yara Floor. It gave us Jace Fox. It gave us all of these different uh, Gave us Red X. Gave us Red X. All of these different things that we are going to have spinning out of it. Yeah. You know, these characters, these new stories that are going to be coming out of this book, which leads us to the future of the DC universe as it stands. And that brings us to Infinite Frontier number zero. Infinite Frontier number zero. Now, we were going to have, initially, I got in touch with Malcolm because I wanted to talk Future State as soon as it was done. And I was like, this is the last week of Future State. Let's talk about it. And he's like, no, because we are going to talk about Infinite Frontier. And I need you to read Infinite Frontier before we have this conversation. And I'm like, okay. So we waited, got Infinite Frontier. And I am so glad that Malcolm said that because, whoa, Infinite Frontier what are you again, doing again again in case you missed the spoiler warning before spoilers big spoilers for infinite frontier you're the flash now wally <laughs> there was an audible sigh of relief throughout the land <laughs> as wally west ascended to the spot that he never lost 
you're the Flash now, Wally. And God yet, damn right. <laughs> and yet, at the same time, reading that, I said audibly, I physically said audibly out loud, alone to myself in my room. He was always the Flash, you son of a bitch. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> and, I, and I think because um, this is just as much of an epilogue coda as the uh as the death or as the speed metal intro have speed metal you know have that and then end with this little this little Mm -hmm. coda because Mm -hmm. this ends that story this This ends ends barry's new 52 run or rebirth run rebirth run Mm -hmm. where he goes off with the justice incarnate into the mm-hmm. multiverse and wally is the flash now yep i have seen have you seen that uh that wally um variant cover showing the different suits yes yes i because think it so. looks like he's going back to his pre-new 52 yeah suit. the uh, yes which i i hope so that's not on the covers of, that's right. on the main covers of the book and i hope that, that was just a misdirect so that they don't spoil things Agreed. because also like in the solicitation text they really didn't make it clear that wally west was going to be the flash yeah. they just made it seem like wally west was going to be in the flash book exactly so i i really hope that that's just a misdirect yeah bring him back to that suit i love that suit get rid I of the chin strap I, okay I <laughs> get rid really, of the hair I really, en- I really enjoy that rebirth suit i'm not gonna lie i, really, I like the really color scheme it. i don't like the face fair Absolutely i fair. i just wish he had a real mask like i i love the flashes having real masks yeah i don't know no and that 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 flash suit is timeless that's the that's the justice league unlimited God. suit yes like, it's, uh, it's such a good suit and like looking at that like filled me with so much joy because like w- this is wally's time again uh-huh. like i i i can't wait for that flash book I can't um, wait. But yeah, so basically this uh this Infinite Frontier book is really, you know, Diana going through the new DC multiverse and just like seeing what she's done. Yeah. And Diana in a bad redesign, by the way. Uh <laughs> I don't like this redesign at yeah, all. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, and I'm glad it doesn't last for especially like, because time. we're getting like, a much better redesign at the end of this and in her cool yes we're definitely going to talk about the like Asgardian redesign which is awesome <laughs> yes we are absolutely but like but, going yeah, through this, chronologically, this white redesign sucks <laughs> yeah it's not great but basically like good. she she gets this whole thing about uh dealing with the quintessence yes um, all these the most powerful people in the DC universe that do absolutely nothing uh-huh um but it brings us first to this incredibly drawn sequence by David Marquez. I love me some Marquez. But this also oh, brings so us to Shazadam. Shazadam. <laughs> it, it's got to just be a gag for the. I issue. don't think it is. I really, I really don't think they're gonna start. Why would they? He's he's gonna be the star of the biggest movie of next year called Black Adam. Why are they going to start calling him Shazadam? That's because not going to be at a thing. the end of Black Adam. They're going to call him Shazadam. That's not going to be a gonna thing. Be, that's gonna not going to be down a right thing. now. That's not okay. I'm okay. just going to put it down right now. And you know what? I bet it was a Dwayne the Rock Johnson thing. I bet <sighs> that you that actually wouldn't surprise me. That God. tracks for me. Uh, that that does actually track. Ugh, I hate that. 
because black sounds like I hadn't a thought about name. that. I hadn't thought about that. That's true. But anyway, um, anyway, we get Superman saying great Scott and that's always awesome. Yes. And that's, that's <laughs> absolutely what it is. And just him, him seeing the best, him deciding to be like, you know, he might be okay. He might be, yeah. he might be all right. Uh, also, I, I don't know which flash this is because he doesn't have the chin strap because he doesn't have the chin strap and he doesn't have hair out. But either way, that is a beautiful, beautiful flash suit. Beautiful flash no, suit. No speed lines. No chin strap. <laughs> no chin strap. No new 52 crazy lines all over the suit. It's a little just bit of lines suit. on the mask. But but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. It gives the mask a little bit of a texture. It's very much the show, but that's okay. Exactly. Which I'm okay um, with because I love that suit. Yeah, I think that works really well. And then but we yeah, go into man the can Batman. be like his draw. Then we go into the Batman segment. Uh-huh. And, I, and I'm going to let you know, I don't know how you did it. I read the Batman issue before I read this. This was the oh, last because I I'm read... so sorry. I should have told no, you to read this first. No, I loved <laughs> it. I loved it because I, I always put my most anticipated book on the bottom of my stack. And cool. I read top I get to that. bottom. I get that. And I loved not just in this book, but also in or not just in the Batman issue, but also in the Suicide Squad issue, them talking about something that happened at Arkham. And I'm like, what happened yes. at Arkham? What's going on at Arkham? And then you see yes. like Suicide Squad breaking into Arkham um, and then this gas coming out. And I'm like, is this what they're talking about when it comes to Arkham? What the hell's going on at Arkham? And then you finally get to hear. I loved the ratcheting up. For Piecing it me. together. Okay, yeah. good good that's awesome. i wouldn't recommend yeah, it for awesome. anyone else no unless like, you this are definitely like me. does come first but like he killed bane so so here's the thing that made slight, me mad slight slight spoiler for another book uh also you're never gonna believe that i'm saying this pick up joker when it comes out like no, next week or the week after i'm not no, doing trust that me, no. i'm not picking up that i refuse eric, to read that book eric i hate the joker I hate the Joker. He's my least favorite comics character. It's not a Joker story. It's a Jim Gordon story. <laughs> it's literally just a Jim Gordon story. Trust me. But they mention in that. So I read Infinite Frontier a month ago. And then I read Joker like three weeks ago. And in that, they mentioned the death of Bane. I was like, the death of Bane? Where the fuck was that? Oh my God, he did die in Infinite Frontier. Like I didn't even connect that in my head. That, yeah, he's straight up dead. <laughs> and that makes me so mad because Bane is my Bane's favorite. Bane's my second favorite. Oh, he's my second favorite Batman villain. He's yeah. my favorite yeah. Batman villain. And Hell just yeah. and I think they've done amazing work with him. That said, I think they set it up really nicely. Uh was that the Joker War Zone issue? Yeah, where he comes the, and just where talks shit Joker to talks shit to him and is like, you had one chance to really do something important to Batman and you ruined it by killing the butler. I'm pissed at you. I hate you. And you're going to pay. I thought that was the most interesting Joker. And I thought, especially (laughs) with like the, the teaser of that Joker book, that's what it was going to be about. I thought it was going to be Joker going head to head. And then they murk him in infinite frontier. And I'm like, straight up murk him. (laughs) I was so angry. I was shocked. I was shocked. Quick question for you. Do you think this uh, this guard Mahoney is Peacemaker 01? Yes. Same. Yes. Same. 100%. That is okay. exactly cool. Yes. Cool. Because I, I was going to bring that I up. I thought so that, you. and yes. then I was like, no, that's dumb. Yeah. And then by the end of that, by the end of that segment, I was like, no, that's not dumb. 
Yeah. That's no. Dumb. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Especially like with that fight with Peacemaker 1 in uh in Dark Detective 4, uh-huh. how it seems very personal for that character. Yes, like I absolutely. totally think it is. Yes. Okay, cool. And then we got like a real nice tease of Barbara Gordon Oracle, Birds of Prey, possibly. Ooh, let's talk Love about that, that new Huntress, Huntress design. design. Oh Ooh, my god. Boy. Ooh, the hair, suit, the fire. Dude, oh my I love it. God, does George also, does George also the back girls design? Yes. Also the Bat Girls. Give me a book with Huntress, Oracle, and the Bat Girls. Make that Birds of Prey. I'm there. This is what I'm talking like. There. I am so happy about Tinian's run now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we had to get past the Joker stuff to get to since the end of Joker War. Like I loved that uh Ghostmaker story. I thought it was I super didn't awesome. I like Ghostmaker, but I oh, see, give it, but I I was gonna say, how do you feel about him now after 106? I want them to change my mind because I'm interested. Because <laughs> I think interested. after, especially after 106, he's chilled out a lot. And I think that's pretty cool. Absolutely. Like he's he a pretty fun guy. <laughs> and now he's just like, he's Bruce's college buddy who's just like he's, living, with, who's crashing with he, him for a while. He's Dick Grayson who grew up with Bruce instead of yeah. being them Bruce. And though I like, think that diminishes <laughs> Dick a little bit because that was kind of his it. role. Yeah. Um, yes. I'm, I'm willing to let them change my mind on Ghostmaker. Yeah, I'm I'm so down. And I, I think that this story included makes it feel a lot like my favorite like Batman era of comics. Like that that 2000s run where everything is so connected. Yeah. Like all Absolutely has a great. spine of one book and it's all just like I'm I'm so down. Sure. So so down. Yeah. Which the A Day incident the is super Yeah, and and now we know. Now we know what A Day was. It was Arkham Day. Mm -hmm. That's that's so cool. Arkham Day. I love that. Pretty cool. And then we go into the next story featuring your girl. Nubia becoming Nubia becoming the queen of the Queen of Themyscira. Holy shit. Yeah. So cool. Even though I still don't. I still don't care about Hippolyta joining the Justice League. I'm sorry. I think that's I an don't. interesting choice, and I hope that they do something cool with it. I, I like Hippolyta when she's characterized as a character. I also Fair. wish it was Nubia. That's the thing. I yeah. wish that instead of making Nubia the queen of the Amazons, they made her the official de facto Wonder Woman. Yeah. but I think that would be cool. Yeah, but I'm interested to see where they go with this. I'm also interested mm-hmm. in this new little backstory we got for Yara Floor. I again that, bringing that sign language in. Yes, I love it. And her not growing up with the Amazons, it seems. Uh huh. Like, which I her being love. from like yeah, her being from like Ohio because like, she's gonna get that whole <laughs> you're a wizard, Yara. Exactly. I'm a what? Which I really, really <laughs> dug. But not. I as, love it. And I and I loved it, but I did not love it as much as I loved the Alan Scott story. Okay. Yes. Are you gonna, okay. I was no, like, I, are we going to no, disagree on this? Because we no, can't no, no, disagree no. on this. I No, I love the Alan Scott story. My biggest problem with... This give is to not me, going to me. be a great look on me. I'm going to be fully honest. Give, give, me, give me the spice. Give me the spice. Okay. Earth 2. When the Earth 2 book comes out for New 52, and they say, okay, issue 2, we're announcing Alan Scott is now going to be gay. Mm-hmm. I had a problem with that because I thought it did disservice to not only Obsidian, a character that i like but i think it did disservice to alan scott by cutting out the middleman and i think alan scott had a really interesting journey of coming to terms with the fact that he had a gay son 
Yes. I think that there was there was a lot of work put into that. I and I thought that there was a disservice to cut out the middleman and just make him gay. Yes. But the way that they do it with this and having him come out to Jade and Obsidian. Also, we got freaking Jade and Obsidian back. That's amazing. Like, yeah. that's that's the coolest thing. However, uh, I need Jade and Kyle back in a book now together. Oh, hell yeah. 13 hell yeah. stars. Hell yeah. Jade and a really nice redesign. I really like the yes. redesign of that Adam. And it's a simple redesign. It's a simple redesign. I really like that. Um, but yeah, the having Alan come out to both of them and Obsidian knowing, like Dude, realizing like what this conversation that. is. I think that there's an interesting depth to having an older Alan Scott being comfortable in his sexuality, being able to come out to friends and family and also still have that history of because I resented it, my son being gay and because being proud he could do and it and out. I couldn't. Ex- like exactly. I think there's something really powerful there. Absolutely. And that's that is completely well right. done, James Tinian the fourth. Like genuinely yes. well done for so fixing good. something that I had a real problem with. I thought that they really did a disservice to the storytelling that came before it. I agree. Um, and, I, and this this segment gives me hope that we're going to get more Justice Society when it comes mm-hmm. to DC Comics in the future. There's been no mm-hmm. but we are getting a JS. Uh, animated movie which i'm really yes there has been a little bit of announcement has there did you see that this week no with the announcement of infinite frontier number one through six oh they've i know that they're getting a one through six but i have no idea what it's about so infinite frontier one through six is about the justice incarnate stuff but it's also about alan scott trying to find his old friend as the justice society what oh yeah yeah that's that was in like the solicitation text for it yeah Oh mm-hmm. my God! I did not know that. No. Mm-hmm. So I think by the end of Infinite Frontier, number six, we have a Justice Society. Oh, that makes me so happy! Oh my God! Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And I'm okay if they have Stephen Byrne come back and just do all that. Like, oh my God! If it if it's a Tinian Stephen Byrne book, I'm so down. Oh, for I'm sure. so down. Like that sounds but, wonderful. Yeah, I loved uh, just like you said. I love the retextual retextualization of alan scott and obsidian's relationship i loved the three uh the three portraits they have of the different justice society oh my god that darwin cook that darwin Darwin cook 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 right in the center i loved it so much Mm. though interestingly infinity ink baby mm -hmm. (laughs) i want to bring up on the left hand side in that photo no wildcat which i think is odd Oh my God, you're right. I think it's very odd. Oh my God, you're right. So I don't know what that what the future holds for that. Now, Wild, now Wildcat is in. He is very clearly in the in the Darwin Cook image. Yes, but absolutely. you're right. He's not in. Oh, interesting. so I'm very curious what they do with that. Interesting. But, um, I was just yeah. stoked to see the classic like Sandman design, man. Like yeah. I, I I love all Sam. of those classic designs. All those classic designs are so good. God, oh. Like I'm, uh, and I might be so a minority happy. here, but I'm really excited about Stargirl season two, especially no, because me too. John Weston is Stargirl. coming back as Jay Garrick, Hell and we yeah. might get him in that classic Alex Ross style. Uh, I, that's the thing; we got to get him in the shirt. We got to get him in the shirt. Like, I like the design that they have for him now with the Agreed. like with the jacket. I think that jacket's really cool, and if I could right. buy one, I would. Um, but yeah, you got to get him in the shirt. For like sure. he's got to just be in the shirt. He's fit enough. Absolutely, he's in the is. shirt, man. He's aged very. Put him well. in that long sleeve shirt. Yeah, he's aged very well. Like good for him. But yeah, and so now we come to the Teen Titans Academy tease. Yes. Um, we saw 
at the end of Teen Titans uh, Future State that this was a redheaded or a brown or a very reddish brown haired individual. We get mm-hmm. the start of his journey in the uh, in the little alleyway um, mm-hmm. before everybody ships out, and I'm very interested in what this is going to entail. What is going to happen to these characters? Because clearly, you see uh, in that big uh, full play full page splash someone holding a comic of the new Teen Titans. So yes, I don't know what that means or how that is going to influence what's going on in this book. So I'm very curious. And you've read, you've read Teen Titans Academy. I have not as we're recording this. So I'm very interested to see the journey of this red X, how he gets to where he is. Teen Titans Academy number one has my favorite, like last page I've ever read. It makes me smile every time I think about it. I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait. I can't wait to see what you think. It's so good. Um, And then we get Teen Titans Academy. Super interesting. Yes. Very excited to see where that goes. But uh, now we get our John Kent. We get our John Kent moment, defending against whatever the hell this is. Um, yeah, this is interesting, and I'm very curious to get your thoughts on this. So, in the in the overall dialogue, because you know, there's the framing device of Spectre, Spectre showing Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Uh, we keep forgetting to talk about that, but yeah, in this, Spectre's talking about like you're right, Diana. The darkness that you're seeking is here is John Kent. John Kent is the most dangerous thing in the universe because he's a person who has no home. He was brought to the future. He was raised in different times. He's never stayed in one place. He is the most dangerous thing in the universe. And I think that sucks. I don't, (laughs) and I'm going to tell you why. Do you think they're making him Superboy Prime? Oh God! Don't just don't don't do that. Not to me. A, not actually Superboy Prime, but making him like a new Superboy Prime. Because Superboy not. Prime redeemed himself right. with Dark Knight with Death Metal. Right. Um, I hope not. But, but that's I, how this feels, and I think I that sucks. Still <laughs> harken back to one of my favorite parts of um, of the Rebirth era, which was that Titans of Tomorrow uh, intercut, where Damien. Uh, yes, or where um, the Tim Drake of the future yeah. looks at Damien and he's just like, "Your boy has problems. Just be aware of that." Yeah, before they depart, and I'm like, "Oh, oh!" Now, mind you, this was before they aged him up. And yes, whatever the hell happens with that, but yes, I, I, I think that I'm tired of John, them doing that. <laughs> that's fair. I think John Kent has a lot of potential to be a lot of different things. Also, I love this design for his costume. It's still, uh, yeah, I I like this better than the Future State one. Than the Future State one, yeah, uh, I like this design. I think it's pretty solid. I really, oh god, now that you brought that Superboy Prime comparison, this, yeah, yeah, it, uh, it feels like that's worried. what they're trying to do with him. And I I don't like that. It, it's funny because so yeah you get that you get that mentioned in Titans of Tomorrow, uh, story about hey there's something fishy about John yeah uh, down the line and then when in Legion of Superheroes when John brings Damien to the future everyone treats Damien like he's future Hitler yeah and I have a real problem with both of them being vilified. 
I'm okay <laughs> in with these Damian. alternate you, you, you can give or take Hitler Damien. That's fine. I honestly, that's the more interesting choice. I just don't want there to be a bad seed of the Superman family. I think that's I stupid. agree. I agree. Like, Especially that's with how they've already like that's that, that's Connor Kent's job. Bullshitted Connor. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Like, I I hate I hate it. Yeah. Especially if they're doing the Connor thing right now of oh let's stick with the Suicide Squad. No one's gonna and after the last very two much or like, three years yeah. of everyone being like, "Who is Connor?" and "Hey, we got our friend back." We're just gonna have no one looking for him, and he's just gonna be in a Suicide Squad with Arkham. Don't 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 worry about it. Yeah, and that very much does feel like a lateral move to get him off the board so that he yes. can interact with anyone else in the super books. Yes, which sucks. Which sucks. Uh, and I think that they're doing that to elevate John more, which, which and I like also John, sucks because but I sucks. absolutely do. I love have John. them both. But have both of them. There's nothing wrong with having two Superboys. Absolutely. And you we have, have four Robins. Full, Let's have two Superboys. Fla- this full page splash that just reminds me of, oh yeah, John was way better before Bendis got his hands on him. Like, <laughs> there is a really weird redesign. Uh, the panel of him with Jor-El. Yeah, what is he that? He has the really long gloves. What is it's that? Wild. Like, it's wild and I love when it. When did he ever wear this? Like, I don't, I don't know. But I, I really, I hope that they try to take John in a direction that isn't like, hey, what if Superman's son was really messed up? I, because they're already I don't doing want that, that much better on Superman and Lois. I was going to ask you off my, how do you like Superman and Lois? I love Superman Lois. It's fucking great. I love everything about that show. It's great. Everything about it. It's great. It's so good. You would know know my feelings on it within the first three minutes of the show. Oh my God. Because Superman shows up in the Fleischer suit. Oh my God. I had a heart attack. And I'm I'm just going to tell the story real quick. Um, I'm not able to watch Superman and Lois live. I have to catch it on the day after. Yeah, and I saw the image of on Twitter. On Twitter, <laughs> so did I. And I looked at that, and I was like, "Oh, that's a cool fan edit." Why? And I tweeted this. Why isn't this the suit? Thinking <laughs> that this is a fan edit because it looked too perfect. And I'm like, "Man, I really wish." Man, that sucks that we're never gonna get to see that. And would you imagine my surprise the next day yeah. when it yeah. pops up? I jumped out of my seat. I was... I saw the I saw the scene on Twitter. Like I saw the whole scene oh. on Twitter that Tuesday night. Just scrolling through the feed, and I saw the scene. I was like, "Wait, is that? Wait, is that? Wait, is that? Oh my god!" And, and I immediately to went to go message seasons. you. I immediately went to go message you, and I was like, "Wait, I don't want to spoil this for him." I really don't want to spoil this. I, appreciate I hope he so hasn't much. seen it yet. I appreciate it. So <laughs> and I literally stayed. So I, I bought the season on iTunes because I'm a sucker. Uh, and so like it went up on iTunes at like 12:15 my time. And I was like, cool, I'm just gonna watch it. It's 90 minutes. I can watch it right now. That's fine. And I just stayed up watching. It's <laughs> it like that. I'm too excited. It's so good. It's so good. And they're it's all and they're so telling good. an amazing story with the yes. son who is so jonathan but not jonathan yeah um there are two sons who are jonathan and damien (laughs) yes absolutely they are but But, a better version of but like weirdly (laughs) casted because because the kid who plays jonathan is named jordan elsass yep jor-el are you kidding me 
Uh-huh. Isn't that something? And the other kid looks like a live-action version of Comic John. Uh-huh. Isn't but, that something? And, but anyway. Uh, I love both of the kids. I really think Jonathan's wonderful. I think he... I think they're And I hope fantastic. nothing bad is going to happen with him. Because you know that something is. Something bad is going to have to happen. But, but I, I love, the I love both of those kids. time to be like, yeah, what if Superman's kid has a, has a social anxiety disorder? Like... Yeah. I, just, I love that. I love the right and that's from before that. he even finds out that his dad is Superman, which yeah. is only going to make that worse. Worse. I, and, I uh, yeah, I love that. Also, show. I love. I wasn't the biggest fan of Bitsy Tullock's uh, performance Same. as Lois before, but this she, show turned me around. They crushed one eighty. Have you watched episode two yet? I have. Oh my god, the town love hall it to scene. pieces. Love it to pieces. <laughs> the town hall scene. I was like, oh. And the scene after where there's, she's like, this is the best writing Lois. I've done in years. Yeah. Uh, I quit. Like that is, that is the lowest lane that I fell in love with as a kid and made me want to become a journalist. Yeah. Like that, that is the that's, lowest lane that I love. That like <laughs> so eked, her, eked her like right shoulder and shoulder with the Terry Hatcher lowest for me. Like that's, it's yep. so, cause that's, that's the lowest I grew up on. Yeah, um, I get that. It's so weird that there was no Superman in that show, but um, <laughs> I know, right? But, what a yeah, great Terry Lois Hatcher Lane was show wonderful was. about the what adventures of Lois Lane. Lois Lane show that was, but uh... <laughs> but yeah, honestly, back to the comic. I'm I'm yeah. very curious and very now very cautiously nervous about this John Kent story, but I'm still interested. Yes. Um, but one thing I was very excited about was yeah. some. Ollie Dinah with our boy Alex Malev drawing. Hell yeah. Loved everything not, about it. Not just that. Once you turn the page, you have the best moment that's happened for the character of Roy Harper in when was the new 52? 10 years ago? So 10 years. Uh, actually 12 years because that Cry for Justice stuff happened. Yes. Um, where he takes off the cap and throws it in the trash. We got Roy Harper back. Real Roy Harper, not New Fifty Two Roy Harper, <laughs> who wears the trucker hat all the goddamn time. <laughs> I love that trucker hat. I hate that trucker hat. God, I hate it. I hate it. I love that trucker hat so much. And oh, I little, hate it. It was a little, it was a little painful to see him toss oh, it. Yeah. But that was that was that gives your, us... he's tossing the Spider-Man costume in the trash, and that was me. He's tossing the Venom suit in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? If that gives us any any steps closer to a new Red Arrow redesign for him, I'm oh yeah, I'm there. Oh yeah. So actually, on that double page John Sims uh, image towards the end, there actually is a slight redesign, little little Red Arrow redesign. There is pretty good. I'm it looks a little. I hope it's it better. looks a little classic Arsenal. I hope it's better than John Tim's drew. But yeah, I'm. I mean, I think it will be, but um, yeah. I I am very interested to see if they blend that arsenal with maybe a little bit of Young Justice Red Arrow because I love that design. Uh, yeah, hell yeah. Um, hell yeah. But yeah, I loved this. You, everyone knows how much I love Roy Harper as a character. Give me Same. That, give me that Roy, Roy Harper Kyle Rayner book. Give it, feed it directly into my veins. <laughs> um, nah, I want Roy to show up at Titans Academy one day and be like, "Hey guys." what the fuck is up with this all this like, also i'm red <laughs> x now oh, <laughs> god that'd be awesome that would um, be awesome if 
before he was Red X. God, that'd be wonderful. Yeah. He's not going to be just for our He's listeners, not going just to, to make that clear. But that's also, that's got to be impossible. But that'd be amazing. Also, he looked a little like in this page. I'm looking at it now. He looked a little like surprised to see the bow and arrow there. Like it was placed. Yeah. He looks. He looks over. He sees it. He goes, "Huh." And he just yeah. like, starts his hitchhiking, which give me an Alex Malev, Tom Taylor, uh, Roy Ooh. miniseries, Ooh, maxi yeah. series. Give it to oh, me. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Really, really dug that. I also really enjoyed the uh, the Jeff Johns, uh, Todd Knock, Stargirl. Stargirl story. Me too. Which is so clearly now the, uh, now the CW Stargirl, like from... Point yes to point b in this show yes. in this uh comic i loved it yes uh, and that's fine because i think they fine. crushed it and i mean it's still Agreed. a very clear jeff john star girl so like yeah. it's fine absolutely I, yeah and he created the character so he has carte blanche to do whatever you want plus uh -huh. seven soldiers of victory oh my Give god i got so soldiers, excited i got if it so brings Roy Harper back yes um i don't think that uh that pat looks wilson enough for me but that could change. We'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> God, that show's so good. I can't wait for it to come back. It's really fun. Ugh. I really dig it. Um, we get a little bit more of A-Day stuff with Batman and Future Peacekeeper uh -huh. 01. Um, also, this weird dude, uh, this weird, uh, I think very intentionally, um, uh, what's his name? Simon's, uh, uh, who? Oh, uh, 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 Steve Jobs. Yes, this very int yeah. intentionally Steve Jobs and the sickest Scarecrow redesign we've gotten in a very long time. That panel, uh, like that page of Scarecrow sitting there, decked out, legs spread out, big dick energy style is bad. Big Scarecrow energy there. Big Scarecrow like, energy. I love it. Oh I think it's so cool. Oh my God. Uh, and in, in the that final... Mix yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, in, in the final page of that Batman 106 with him, oh, like, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Him, like, a little stick behind him, Holy yeah. Crap. Uh, Jimenez so and Tinian are using Scarecrow in a really cool way. Jimenez like, and his and his redesigns give me more of them, give me all yeah. of them, like, yeah, for sure. Oh my god, for sure. Um, and then, uh, we, then get, we get we the story that we've talked about, it's the Green Lantern story, that's fine. Fine, fine enough we get the flash sure. story which we loved and we got to see our boy calvin ellis in all of his president mm -hmm. superman glory yes i love by the way that they just call him president superman love it like love it fine i'm in love it i i you got it um, god just the, again just the idea that wally west is going flash. to be the star of a book called the flash is just so satisfying and yeah. and I love again. I love Barry. Barry is my favorite Flash, but Wally should fair. be the Flash right now. Like That's Wally fair. should be the Flash, and Barry should be something else. Jake Eric is my favorite Flash, but Wally West See? is the Flash. But Wally like, West is the Flash. He's the Flash, and he should and be. That's why the moment works for me because he says you're the Flash now. Because like you said, he always has been, but always he's always been, been a, a Flash, Flash as well. I see. He has been a Flash for a while. But Absolutely. for Barry to say you are the Flash right now and you get the book logo like yep. of the Flash, That's the that is a very satisfying moment. It also, was literally that page when I was like, okay, I got to talk to Eric about this book. Also, like, that's also such a stamp of a Williamson thing. He loves doing that. Mm -hmm. like having whoever's drawing that book draw the logo. When oh, yeah. Announce that. And oh, yeah. He loves I'm it. going to, as much as I think they need a new fresh 
uh, fresh creative team. I'm going to miss Williamson on the flash. Uh, I am as well. I don't remember who it is. Who's doing the book now. Um, I'm interested in this whole thing about like him jumping into different speedsters. I, yeah, I think that's a pretty cool idea. Like that seat that feels like a very beginning of Jeff Johns's run on Wally West story. Yes. You know how like you start with the Wonderland story there. Like it feels very much like that. Mm -hmm. So I think this could be the beginning of something really interesting. But I wish that there was like a bigger name on it still. You know, I wish it was like a Tom Taylor, you know, someone who I know is a guided hand. Yeah. And Tom Taylor's always gonna be my example because I think he's the best guy that DC has. But absolutely yes. But he's uh he's otherwise occupied at the moment. Damn right. But uh, yeah, then we get this two-page spread of a bunch of stuff. Yeah, um, a bunch of short looks at books. Uh, I'm, Justice Incarnate at mm-hmm. the bottom there. Pretty interesting grouping there. Still yeah. like that team up. That's I'm really weird. about this. Like, because this doesn't look like a Justice Incarnate that we saw with, you know, in the previous little iteration here with President Superman and Barry. They're not no. This um, little... Yeah, that's the... Uh... What did they call them in the in Death Metal? Were they Justice Incarnate too? I don't. Or were they I don't something think so. else? They were something else. Because that's the yeah. Was it? Are they the totality? Or are they operating out of the totality? I think I don't the remember. But so, okay. Either way. But either like, way, it's Lex and Talia and Vandal Savage with and hot Martian girl. Manhunter and yeah. Hot Girl Mr. and Terrific. Mr. Terrific. That's super interesting. Super like interesting. that's a cool lineup. For sure. Um, and then we get uh, Teen Titans Academy. We get uh-huh. that tease of this new Supergirl book that's coming out with. Yes, the Tom King one. I'm interested. That's weird. It's very weird because that's not <laughs> that's a character that he would take. Very weird. No, I'm very surprised by that. Though so I'm I will curious. Say, I loved Superman Up in the Sky. So I, I am definitely. I need to reread that. I think I need to read that all at one time because. Yeah, I, I had the benefit I, of reading it all for the first time all through at once i think that might may affect it but yeah i really i dig that the swamp thing that they're really like diving into i don't know what's going on with this lobo deal like they yeah it lobo v crush they they have it here i don't know if that's gonna be i don't like, care whatever i don't care uh, justice league dark we get in there mm-hmm. um i don't know what's going on now who is okay that. what is that I have no idea. It's it honestly, it looks like maybe Midnighter. I think that might be Midnighter. Or it looks like a uh black version of Wally's um post flash rebirth suit. It does. But, I, I think that's Midnighter. Yeah, it's probably Midnighter. Uh we um, get Shazam with the Shazam right outside the rock. Uh Suicide Squad, our boys, Booster uh-huh, Blue Beetle. and Gold, baby. And then I think it's really interesting that they have these four lanterns specifically together. Yes. And Kyle has his um, pre-Green Lantern Rebirth suit, which I love. Yes. The best Kyle suit. I like the Ion suit, but... Um, oh, you know what? You're right. You're right. I the, do like the Ion suit a lot. But the only thing that the that's Ion true. suit is missing is it doesn't have the crab mask. See, that's the thing I like about the Ion suit. <laughs> is it doesn't have the crab mask. I love that crab mask. <laughs> that stupid crab mask. Uh, we get a little uh, peak of Deathstroke, which I've heard nothing about in Infinite Frontier. No. Also, this is Deathstroke in his like New Fifty Two costume. Yes, which he hasn't which worn is, since. Which Rebirth. he hasn't worn in a while. Which is Long really in, like he wasn't even wearing it towards the end of New Fifty Two. Yeah, that's the beginning of a New Fifty Two costume, which is really weird. Very odd. And then we get we get the Aqua family. Mm-hmm. Um, 
which we can get rid of the uh, the other two and just have us have that uh, Calderon and I'm sorry, honestly, Jackson Hyde. Has honestly, to be Jackson Hyde, of course. Which breaks but, my heart. I love Arthur Curry and I love Mara. I love their relationship. I think that they're a great couple. Mm-hmm. I think they're great characters. Get, a, get them out of here. Yeah. It's, it's that I love <laughs> you. I just don't love us. I just don't love us. <laughs> and I, I think we just need to move on to that future state. Uh-huh. for aquaman and then we yeah get that sounds good final bit where uh where wonder woman rejects the quintessence and jumps uh-huh. into asgard and decides yeah. to go god of war ragnarok on us yeah uh, what a I'm badass design into. i love this oh my god the design is so good i am Oh, I'm over the moon about this. It looks so cool. Her just jumping from mythology to mythology is going to be great. If I think that's a cool that idea. Direction. Yeah. And then we get that big last splash page. We didn't get mm-hmm. enough uh, Joe Mullane in this book for my liking, but she does show nope. up in the splash. Which Agreed. We didn't get enough uh, Jace Fox for me in this book, but didn't he's in that Duke splash. Didn't get enough Duke either. Didn't get enough Yara Floor. None of these characters. Honest, even though she showed up. Uh, of these characters kind of here that I didn't really we get you know 40 year old Damian Wayne 40 year old Damian there he um, is he looks like he has back problems his sciatica is acting up so weird. <laughs> uh, so weird interestingly uh, Beast Boy in a different costume than he is literally on two pages before that's true that's absolutely true literally a different costume than he was in two pages before weird choice don't understand yeah. that John also, Tim's art man uh, that John Tim's art there was one um yeah yeah uh you know what we need to do we need to change that red hood costume anyway uh, <laughs> i like of... that red hood costume i, like I it really a lot. like the mask i don't like the literal like i'm wearing a short sleeve hoodie i do i put I him like, in the three I jokers like, i like scrappy like, batman i like scrappy i do batman too and i like that aspect for jason because he's just a guy running around with a crowbar I don't like, know. Put put him in put him in a three Joker suit for me. Like I that do love good. that redesign. I think that's the best redesign that, that he's redesign. had. Like put him in that suit. But then we get this epilogue, <laughs> <laughs> the coolest moment in DC history in a while. Which again <laughs> feels very Rebirth number zero, with the reveal of Doctor Manhattan, because the Quintessens are like, hey. You think we should have told Diana that we lied about this big threat? Nah. 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 And they mentioned this earlier uh-huh. in, I believe it was the Flash one, where they're like, yeah. Planet Omega. And I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like, you're going to do one of two things here. Either this is Dark Side, or we're getting a second Omega Men book. And you're never going to green light a second Omega Men book. And you're not Omega doing Men that. Book, even though I love that book to pieces. Um so this is definitely dark side, right? And then they show it and there he is. Not, o- not only is this dark side, but dark side saying that this is every version of him from history, combined. from the multiverse, all combined into one ultimate threat. This is the ultimate dark side. This is I final am finite, dark side. I am like, final dark side is the, the end. end. Holy shit. That is awesome. <laughs> and I know also, you're not a big JRJR guy, but I think these last few I'm pages not, are gorgeous. I'm not for his most recent stuff, but this is totally suited to him Holy for this crap. ominous, like... Oh my God, Darkseid looks are terrifying. Bad. He does. <laughs> He's also naked? 
I that's the thing. Is he naked or is he like because <laughs> he's just he got in... a belt? So I think he's in the classic like Kirby jumpsuit thing, but he's all grayed out now. Fair. Fair. I, th- I, th- I couldn't tell if he was I, naked or if he is. So just I do out. kind of like Dark Side just free balling it throughout the galaxy and him naked, being like, but wearing this is gloves and boots and the belt. This, <laughs> I am the end. It's like, yes. Oh, God. Yes, you are. But yeah, look at so, me, son of cow. No, <laughs> I really don't want to. I really That'd be don't. Awesome. <laughs> but That'd be yeah, awesome. this is this is Dark Side being like this final and i swear to god what when i was going through this i was like if you give me a fourth version of the anti-monitor i am going to break this oh my god that's so i'm I'm so so glad glad that they did i'm glad that this is dark side as the anti-monitor like this is dark side becoming that much of a threat yes because the anti-monitor is always like the ultimate threat this is dark side learning from that and be like, Oh, Oh, I could be way worse. <laughs> yes. And there was like, something that I want to bring yeah. up because I haven't heard anything about this because the back cover of this shows all of the infinite frontier books coming in May, 2021. We're getting Mr. Miracle, the source of freedom. Yeah. That's a continuation of um, the Shiloh Norman stuff. That's oh, the Shiloh okay. Norman, like mini series. I think it's the same people who did the backup. They're okay. doing like a mini series. It's like a six issue mini. Because Mr. About Shiloh Norman and, tied and to Dark Side. To Dark Side. Yeah. I don't so, think, but specifically, it's it's Scott who's tied to Dark Side, okay. not Shiloh. So yeah, I, I don't think this is going to be a Dark Side thing. I think Dark Side is going to carry on in the uh, Infinite Frontier number one through six. Gotcha. Yeah. I think yeah, that's I'm, really where I that's going to be. And I'm still down. I'm down. About the st- stuff that we're getting gives you the whole rundown of the stuff that's coming. Um, yeah. Specifically, give me two to three books that you are excited about going into Infinite Frontier. Uh, Justice League. Uh, I'm excited for that to not be wrapped up in Snyder metal bullshit for Fair. the first time in years. Um, <laughs> I'm very excited. <laughs> Uh, I think it's a pretty interesting team. I love me some Naomi, so any more work with that. Fair. Uh, I like Bendis, but I love me some Dave Marquez. And my mm-hmm. God, for Dave Marquez to be drawing like that book is going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Um, Nightwing, Tom Taylor. It's about goddamn time. I'm Hell dying yes. for it. Oh, God, I'm so thirsty for it. I just want it so bad. <laughs> um, uh, those are like my biggest two. Uh, I'm curious about the Wonder Woman like ongoing. Uh, yeah. with her, you know, now going to be like in North, but yeah, if it's hopping mythologies, I think that's a really cool idea. Agreed. Um, and that'll lead to a really nice tie with the Yara floor stuff. Mm-hmm. If she could hop into the Brazilian mythology and, yep. you know, get into that, I think that'll be really cool. Those Aztec gods. Yeah. Uh, I'm stoked for wonder girl, uh, like really stoked for more of that character. Um, Agreed. I think that's, that's my biggest ones. What are your biggest, like um absolutely agree about wonder girl maybe is uh, everything everything that i could want from that um really interested in the flash really looking forward to seeing what they do with that yeah yeah um also we haven't talked about it at all but this new batman superman book that we're getting oh yeah and ivan rays yeah and going from like multiversal stories of batman really curious about that same i'm really curious give me gene loon yang superman any day of the week um yeah i'm in on that and then of course nightwing nightwing is my most anticipated book of the year 
I Hell love yeah. it so much. Tom Taylor, yeah. Bruno Redondo, we're going to absolutely crush this. Hell yeah. Um, Did you read their Suicide Squad? You read that, right? Yeah, dude. God, that book was the best. That hardcover is coming out in like two months or something, and it's all of it in one thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm probably going to get that. Yeah, but- same. <laughs> same. I, I got That's all the digital run. issues, and I'm like, yeah, yeah I'm going to get it in hardcover Yeah, I'm going to get that. That's a perfect run. Like, It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. good. But yeah. yeah, so that pretty much wraps up this future state post game infinite frontier preview and um, a little any, bit of Superman and Lois, a little bit of Superman <laughs> and Lois in there, too. You know, it's time, you know, uh, time wasn't on my side. I was really hoping that Superman and Lois was going to be my next weekly review, but it's going to end up being uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I'm really excited about. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm. I'm really, I'm glad we got to kind of sit down and, you know, discuss everything, kind of do a new, like, state of the DC universe. Yeah. Any final thoughts on where DC is right now, where they could be going, and any final thoughts on Future State, Frontier, any, any of that? I'm going to do a real uh, high school essay thing where my closing paragraph is going to sound a lot like my opening paragraph. I love it. Um, I think DC had a really tough year last year. Um Again, you know, company stuff behind the scenes and pandemics thrown in there. Really tough right. year. I am very hopeful and excited for where they're going. I hope Infinite Frontier is everything they want it to be. Uh, I hope it works out for the best. I, I, I love DC and I, I want them to I want them to excel. Yeah. And I hope that this is the beginning of them excelling. I think a really good sign. Uh, we didn't talk about it much, but in this new Infinite Frontier future, um, no double shipping titles all title or most titles have a backup story and i think that's an interesting choice instead of there being multiple justice league titles you get one justice league book and it's got the main justice league story and then a backup featuring justice league dark like i think that's a great idea you even have uh, batman urban legends which comes out next week as of recording um or i guess if this is going up next week it's out now so go pick it up (laughs) go go pick up batman urban legends because it's awesome um it's super awesome it's real good <laughs> chip zadarsky writing red hood my god all i want um, chip zadarsky writing everything oh my god uh uh but yeah it's um i i like that they're embracing the backup nature and having Agreed. you know multiple stories in one book to give you more bang for your buck i think that's a yeah. very smart choice plus it um, also cuts down the amount of titles that they will be shipping out as well exactly like, we're not gonna like you said we're not gonna get four justice league books we're getting a, a book with the justice league and a backup of justice league dark yeah. Um, the Batman books right now, they're doing Batman with the Damien backup before that mm-hmm. eventually spins off into Damien's own. Robin, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm absolutely loving it. It's it's very again, just like you know, the similar kind of feeling with rebirth. I'm very hopeful, I'm very optimistic, cautiously optimistic in some things now, like John Kent, but I am hopeful that they have finally decided on a direction, especially yeah. now that this is going to be a Dan Didio-less direction. That's um, the thing. We are now fully in a post-Didio world. For like, better or worse. It, like For better or worse. Once you get new ideas and new directions. And I think that's going to be for better. I think Dan Didio did a lot of good for the company, but Agreed. no one man should have all that power for that long. Absolutely. Um, like he, he had the position for way too long and that, that there's a reason why we change presidents at, the least every eight years if not every four years like no one should be in that position of power for that long so 
for sure. And uh, yeah. look for uh, Malcolm running for president as President Superman. Uh, oh yeah, twenty four. Hell yeah, I'll be Calvin. Shit. And I'm, I'm and I'm gonna be his uh, his vice president. Uh, Hell yeah. Kyle Rayner running on a uh, platform of never eat yellow. Um, <laughs> but don't be yellow be president uh be president there you go whatever but we'll, we'll workshop it we got four years but, <laughs> we got time. yeah but um yeah so overall i think future state was a lesson in what could be i think the um current state of dc comics is on the upswing and i feel like looking forward from the place that we are now there is an infinite frontier of possibilities uh, you said the thing I'm just gonna go ahead and say it. Uh, I'm gonna miss that intro, that One Division intro. It's been really nice just listening to it while I'm editing, um, putting this together, and everything. Uh, man, yeah, wow. Uh, but this is—it is now time for the weekly review. This is the segment of our show where I review something weekly, and right now we are reviewing episode number nine of WandaVision, entitled The Series Finale, which tells you everything you need to know. It's finale time, um, and I think it's very interesting that they are kind of making it known that, no, this isn't going to be like a season one, season two kind of situation. This is it. This is the story we're telling, and that's what you're getting from this, um, Man, what a finale. Honestly, what a finale. Uh, if you couldn't tell already, I loved this episode. I really, 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 really dug it. Uh, yes, there were missteps here and there, and we're going to talk about them, but oh man, did I love me some WandaVision. Uh, let's just go ahead and dive into it. Um, first off, I just want to get it out of the way, just like the show did. Uh, we had a quick look outside of the hex and what I like to call the Jimmy Woo rebellion uh, <laughs> with uh, with Hayward and Sword being like just crooked people. Jimmy Woo uh, using his little magic tricks to escape being captured and calling the FBI I thought was really nice. I wish we had gotten more of Jimmy Woo. Um, I'm sure, especially with how well he, Darcy, and... Uh, monica were received from this show they are definitely we're definitely going to be seeing more of them but uh it was it was a little disappointing to have him and the rest of our outside of the hex crew not really get a lot of time but that is because with the limited time that we had we had to put a lot into what was going on inside the hex so let's just do it let's talk about inside the hex um we got some we got, I would say, one, two, three different confrontations kind of going on at the same time. Uh, first off, Wanda versus Agatha. Um, man, some magic going on. Agatha basically telling Wanda last week that, hey, you're the Scarlet Witch. You've got chaos magic. And Wanda's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And Agatha then, like, whips out this book and 
eagle-eyed viewers of the previous episode were correct. It is, in fact, the Darkhold. Uh, Agatha has the Darkhold, and she basically tells uh, everyone, like, or she tells Wanda, like, hey, you're in this book. This book talks about you, the Scarlet Witch, how she's going to be the end of the world. And Wanda's like, um, I just wanted to enslave a town and spend some time with my dead boyfriend uh <laughs> but i just i loved seeing that i loved getting the mythology this really does harken back to that scarlet witch miniseries um if you want more information on that check out our geek explained vision and wanda episode where i talked about that miniseries a little bit but uh during this confrontation agatha awakens the town and that was that was tense because all of these people are just like, please just let us go. Like, I just want to see my kids. Like, I just want to talk to my wife. Uh, my my parents are sick. I need to take care of them. One person, I think, at some point said, like, if you're not going to let us go, just let us die. Like, oh, man. Wanda's a villain now, I think. Technically. We'll talk about it in a second. But, like, oof, that was rough. Meanwhile... Uh, we're going to talk about Pietro versus Monica, or Fietro. Uh, we finally kind of get a follow-up to that post credit scene from a couple episodes back, where it looks like Pietro basically has um, Monica trapped in his bedroom, um, using his powers to like keep her within the room, not allowing her to leave. And we come to find out that... <sighs> he's not Pietro. Which we knew, because, you know... Agatha said her, herself, Fietro, but his name, he is in fact an actor that Agatha has enslaved and has been given powers through some kind of like beaded necklace named Ralph Boner. Um, you know, I get it, man. I get it. They wanted to have their cake and eat it too, to be able to get people talking about Evan Peters being cast in the role, but also not breaking the rules of the multiverse just yet. But still, man, it, uh, I wish. I really, I really liked Evan Peters as fake Pietro. And I just, man, I, I feel like if they were going to do that, then just, you know, bring back Aaron Taylor Johnson. Like, why? I don't know. But um, I still adored Evan Peters in this role. Monica ends up uh, disarming him and ripping the necklace off, which apparently, I guess, breaks Agatha's hold on him and just cuts his powers short. Um, I think it's, you know, there's been people who've talked about like, hey, maybe it's still... You know, there's still loose threads here, and I I will say that there are a lot of loose threads in this show, um, which sucks. But you know, they tried to tell a very specific story, and I applaud them for that. Um, still wish he was Pietro, but what can you do? But the big bombastic kind of battle in this episode was vision on vision violence, and oh man, so Wanda like whips this car into Agatha straight into their home and when Wanda goes to uh I guess check if she's dead or not we get this nice little uh Wizard of Oz like we just see Agatha's boots and then Vision 2.0 White Vision like touches down and I'm like oh no oh no this is bad and then you know he puts his hands on her head and I'm like Okay, and then you hear this cracking sound as Vision is literally just trying to like, um, mountain. Uh, what was that? What was that character? The best character in uh, Oberyn. He was trying to go all mountain on Oberyn and just like squish 
Wanda's skull, and then he just gets tackled by Vision. The two of them just go off and have a big boy robot laser fight, and I loved it, man. I really, 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 really dug it. It was super cool. You know, I know a lot of people are like, man, I didn't really care for, you know, the more Marvel stuff here, but, like, you knew it was going to pop up at some point. They they held off as long as they could to give us just an old-fashioned Marvel fight scene, and I think that it made this fight feel more special, at least to me. Uh, but then, during this conversation between Wanda and Agatha, after she's awoken the town, and Wanda's just kind of, like, dealing with, oh, man, maybe I'm a bad person, uh, she goes and she breaks the hex. She, like, you know, red beam into the sky, classic superhero trope, uh, breaking down the hex, getting them, like, you know, basically telling the people who are uh, trapped there, like, run, get out of here, go. And the people all, like, kind of scatter, but I guess don't go very far. Um, but with Wanda basically, like, breaking the hex, her kids and visions start to fall apart. And that was heartbreaking. Oh, man. Um, watching them kind of break into puzzle pieces. First off, great callback to that um I think it was House of M cover. It might have been the Disassembled cover. Either way, um, great callback to that. But uh, Wanda, you know, resets the hex back into place, but not before Sword is able to move in alongside, or led by Hayward, uh, which led to kind of like one big last stand in the center of Westview. Uh, Monica, along with the kids, dealt with Hayward and the um, and the uh, Sword people uh it was a cute little thing where like just it it just felt good watching monica you know help out the kids the kids taking down the sword soldiers it was nice and then hayward tries to get away darcy like rams the ice cream truck into hayward's vehicle stopping him from leaving which was like our only darcy scene so that was i don't know um and then we get what I think a lot of people have been talking about and something that I really enjoyed was uh, this philosophical conversation about the ship of Theseus between Vision and Vision in the uh, Westview Public Library. And I really dug this, man. Like, I I love stuff like this. And yeah, you know, people have been making fun of it all over the place, but my, I think the thing that I enjoyed about it is that the Vision versus Vision battle, yes, had bombast, but also ended in a conversation. And I am a sucker for um, for superhero battles ending in a conversation. I just, I loved it. I really did. Uh, the two of them basically talking about, like, what what are they? Like, who is the Vision? Where, you know, Vision 2.0 is the body, you know, Westview Vision is, you know, this is the heart and the soul of that character. I also really liked how inventive they were getting in the actual fight itself, you know, phasing through each other, firing their beams. It was cool. But, uh, and I think the, the line he says is like, I'm a conditional vision because the vision, you know, vision 2.0 was basically sent in there to destroy the vision. And our, you know, Westview vision goes in and he touches the little blank spot where, uh, the, the mind stone should be. And he, I guess, awakens all of the, thoughts emotions and feelings and memories of that original vision uh basically turning him or turning his eyes from that like icy blue really unsettling look into like more human looking eyes which is i think doubly 
like unsettling just to look at. They got to get some uh, they got to get some color in that boy quickly. But then he basically says, you know, I'm the vision and he just leaves. So, yeah, um, Agatha basically tells Wanda like she wants to bargain, you know, calling back to Doctor Strange. And it wouldn't be the only Doctor Strange call back in this episode. Um, Agatha's basically like, hey, you don't want this power like you just want to sit here. Give me that power. You don't know how to handle it. You're not a witch. Like, you're just, you know, you're some little girl who doesn't know the power that she's wielding. And she's basically like, you give your power to me. Your hex stays here. Like, what more could you want? And so Wanda starts, like, bombarding her with, like, her hex magic, which is, like, feeding the magic to Agatha. They're, like, floating up into the air, and she's also, like, wildly missing her in some spots. And I'm like, okay, I guess. And then they have the super cool reveal and call back to two episodes ago where Agatha, after taking a portion of Wanda's powers, tries to destroy her, and nothing comes out. Just nothing. And we find out that Wanda wasn't just, like, wildly shooting, you know, her magic off into the walls of the hex she was casting runes and as we established the witch like no one can use their magic except for the witch who cast the runes such a great reveal such a great callback and wanda in that moment you know takes all of the chaos magic into her and gets a crazy good redesign like that costume is chef's kiss so freaking good she becomes officially the scarlet witch and she punishes agatha by rewriting her she basically says you know after agatha's you know left powerless agatha's like hey no don't like don't do this to me like i i can help you i can teach you and one is like okay cool i'll know where to find you and she rewrites agatha back into agnes just oh man and Ag- and agnes isn't gonna know just oh my god so freaking cool um and then you know wanda decides you know after all this she has this conversation with uh with vision and the kids they finally reunite um and she says you know i i gotta set things right and vision's like but not for us and wanda's like no not for us and you knew that the tears were going to start flowing so um wanda starts like bringing in the same way that she expanded the hex earlier in the series she starts like retracting the hex as the as the visions head back to their house in westview uh they go in they have they like go back into uh civilian clothes they put billy and tommy to bed and they say good night and there's this Oh, man, there's this moment where, you know, Wanda just says, thanks for choosing me to be your mom. And oof, that hit me like a truck, like a truck that hit me. Uh, just so good. So, so freaking good. Um, and they, you know, Wanda closes the door. The two of them go downstairs and the and they have a conversation. And... Oh, man, this really hit me. This really hit me. Um, Wanda and Vision have this conversation where um, they know that it's the end. They know that once the, you know, closing walls of the hex get to the house, it's over. They're done. Um, And she basically tells Vision, like, because Vision finally asks, like, what am I? And she says, you are the part of the Mind Stone that rests within me, which I think is going to be important you know, going forward, because 
as far as we know, all the Infinity Stones are dusted, uh, thanks to Thanos at the beginning of uh, Avengers Endgame. But there is a piece of the Mind Stone within Wanda, so that might be important later on. But she says, you know, you are my hope, you are my despair, you are my grief, um, you are my love, and they have this... Oh, man, as the hex is closing in, they have this final exchange, which I absolutely fucking love, where... Um, Vision says, we've said goodbye to four, or we, we've said goodbye before, so it stands to reason, and Wanda says, we'll say hello again. And they have this final embrace, this final kiss, as the Hex finally wraps in on them. Hex goes away. Uh, Vision just wisps up. Very uh, Final Fantasy X, uh, Titus at the end of that at the end of that game, just like wisping up into nothingness and vision says goodbye, darling. And Wanda is left back in the uh, plot of land that vision had bought for her in her, you know, original clothes. And I thought it was really, um, it was a, it was an interesting and I think a very, um, a very important message that, um, that, Regardless of how much you want to run away from it, your grief is going to stay there. You know, there were uh, theories, and I think I even thought at one point that, oh, she's just going to stay in this little hex. When the hex was closing in, I was like, she's going to keep it just around the house um, so she can have her home. But no matter how much you run from it, no matter how much you want to deny it, like if you are feeling something, if you are feeling grief or any other heavy emotion, it sticks with you. It stays there. So you, you know, you need to face it, you need to feel it. And I just thought that was beautiful. It was really, really well done. And, you know, Wanda goes back into Westview in the center of town where all the civilians are, and they know what she did. They remember. Um, but she goes to Monica and Monica says, like, I, I would have done the same thing. Uh, which doesn't absolve Wanda. She is very clearly still a villain, at least in the, um, at least in the way that she enslaved an entire town just to process her grief. But the two of them have this kind of like nod of like understanding, and then Wanda like pulls you know her Scarlet Witch costume out of thin air with an with an addition of like a hood and a cape. I didn't dig that. I thought it looked way better without the hood and cape. But we've seen since then the release of like um, of a Hot Toys and a bunch of other different WandaVision merch. And um, I think with the hood down, it looks a thousand percent better. Um, but anyway, the, the costume is still absolutely fire. It's so, so freaking good. Uh, but Wanda, you know, flies up into the air, takes one last look back at Westview and then leaves. And then it's credits. And I was like, oh, that's it. Oh, okay. But then I looked and we still had 10 minutes left. I was like, you mother... Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we get a mid credit scene where Monica, while um, the FBI and the remains of S.W.O.R.D. are kind of descending on the town and, like, trying to figure everything out. Uh, Hayward's arrested. Monica gets taken by one of the FBI agents, I guess, into a movie theater. And then she reveals herself to be a Skrull. And she's like, hey, um, a friend of your mother's wants to see you. And he's, you know, he's waited a long time. And Monica's like, okay, where is he? And the scroll points up. So, uh, leading, I think Monica directly into Captain Marvel two or secret invasion. She is going to go see Nick Fury. We don't know exactly what is going to transpire from that, but we know it's coming. Uh, and then in the post credits scene, we get this really great, 
um Wanda probably in the Canadian wilderness, just like in this cabin by herself, just kind of Wanda in solitude, like sitting on the steps of this cabin, uh, probably with some coffee or some tea. She gets up and she walks in and then the camera moves past her and the camera moves into her bedroom and we see this. I don't know if it's a copy or some kind of astral projection, but Wanda in her full um Scarlet Witch costume is studying the dark hold. And that's a problem. That's a big problem because the dark hold is bad news. It's essentially the source of dark magic. Like it is not good for a wand to be using this thing to learn her chaos magic. And as it kind of, by the way, just a, another great callback to Dr. Strange when he was studying and his astral projection was like learning about all the magic and whatnot. Again, just dropping all of the hints for Doctor Strange and the two of them eventually coming to clash in Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. After the set out right in this episode, Wanda, you know, fully trained and at the height of her power is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme. So I cannot wait to see how that goes. Um, but as it kind of zooms in on Wanda's actual projection, like going through the dark hole, she hears Billy and Tommy call out to her and she just like wipes the, uh, she like wipes her hand across the screen and then it's just blackness. So I am of the mind that she is going to be willing to break the multiverse to get her kids back. And that's what's going to bring her into conflict with Dr. Strange. But um, yeah, that's, that's it. So Overall, the show is incredible. Did I get everything that I was predicting or that I was theorizing? No. I wasn't, you know, expecting to. What I was expecting and what I did get was a story about grief, a story about loss, and a story that propels not just Wanda Maximoff, but Phase 4 into this next, you know, era of what Marvel is going to be. I think this kicking off Phase 4 was a masterful choice, even though it it wasn't intended to be that way. Um, and I cannot wait to see where they go next. And Vision's still out there. This Vision 2.0, who now remembers who he is, is somewhere out there. So we are going to get to see him. I'm really excited. I'm looking forward to seeing where they go next. But um, this does bring into question, what are we doing next for the weekly review? And I am very excited to announce that the next show that we are going to be covering is Falcon and the Winter Soldier. You knew that I, that's what it was going to be, but I am officially announcing it here. Falcon and the Winter Soldier is our next uh, weekly review series. And if you enjoyed the sultry tones of Malcolm Russell Nelson in our main uh in our main event for this episode, you might be happy to know that your boy Malcolm is going to be joining me on these reviews. Um, I haven't decided yet whether it's going to be kind of its own segment or if it's going to stay on the podcast, but by the time that the first episode drops, which is in just two weeks, ah, very excited, um, we are going to find out, and I will let you guys know probably next episode what's what's going on. But um, next episode is going to be a Wildcard Weekly Review. Very excited to share that with you folks. And then two weeks from now, we're jumping into Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Cannot wait. Stay tuned for all of that. But for now, we're going to roll right on into this week's Comics Countdown. <laughs> 
Ooh, welcome back to this week's Comics Countdown. This is the segment of our show where I talk about the comics that I think you should be picking up this week. Whether it's at your local comic book shop, on Comixology, or however you get your comics, these are the ones I think you should definitely take a look at. But before we get into this week's books, we've got to take a look back at last week's books with the Geek Explain Pick of the Week of last week. And if you couldn't tell already, it's a pretty easy choice for me. Infinite Frontier number zero. Um... We talked the house down about this book uh, in the main event, so I won't give you any more commentary here. But honestly, just a great stopping po- or a great jumping on point that reminded me a lot of the Rebirth special way back in the far off past of 2016. Very excited for where DC Comics goes next, and I can't wait to pick up some more DC books. But that's last week's books. Let's talk about this week's books. We've got for you, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight books for you to pick up this week. And we're going to kick things off with Nonstop Spider-Man number one. This is written by Joe Kelly with art by Dale Eaglesham and Chris Bacalo. Um, This is a brand new Spidey book to, you know, put on the pile. Um, I'm excited about this because I love Bacalo drawing Spidey. Like, I... Honestly, really, really do. Um, But let's just go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. Buckle up, Tiger. Get ready for the most action-packed, pulse-pounding, adrenaline-pumping comic of all time. As the name implies, once you read page one, panel one, Spider-Man does not stop. A mystery at Empire State University thrusts Spider-Man into an adventure that starts in uptown Manhattan and will take him around the world, pitting him against Marvel Universe villains old and new and give you a Spider-Man adventure and Spider-Man the likes of which you've never seen. This book is not for the faint of heart, so check with your doctor before reading. That's, you know, that's strong words. It's big words, um... But it really does kind of get you in the mood to read this book. So I'm excited. Looking forward to picking this up. Next up, we have Wonder Woman number 770. This is written by Becky Cloonan and Michael Conrad with art by Travis Moore and Paulina Ganucho. Um, I'm very excited about this. We talked about it a little bit in the main course of this episode. But this awesome, like, Asgard, um, Valhalla-style Wonder Woman story, I'm in. I'm in on it. And just the art from more just, oh, just give it to me now. Very, very excited about this. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. Afterworlds, part one, slash birthday blues. What is happening? Wonder Woman just woke up in the middle of battle, with rampaging hordes of mythological beasts bearing down on her. Not even the Princess of the Amazons can survive such an assault, but that's okay. It's just another day in Valhalla. The warriors here spend their days fighting and their nights drinking, and if they die in combat, they'll be resurrected in time for the party. Strange, though, is that no one seems surprised to see Wonder Woman in this crowd. It's up to Diana to find out why things are going wrong in the sphere of the gods, and whether it has anything to do with what landed her in the Norse afterlife. In a backup story, the world may know her as Wonder Woman, but once upon a time she was just Diana of Themyscira, a young girl struggling through adolescence on the shores of a mysterious island. 
Brought to you by Eisner Award winner Jordi Belair and fan-favorite artist Paul Ganusho, this new backup story will present an intimate look into the princess's upbringing and the hidden secrets of her past. I think that's awesome. Um, I didn't know that th- there was going to be a backup, so that's really cool. Um, and I'm just, I'm super down. Maybe it's because I've been spending a lot of time with Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but I am all in on Diana, Viking Princess. Can't wait to look at this. Uh, next up, we have Strange Academy number nine. This is, of course, written by Scotty Young with art by Umberto Ramos. Um, I've been loving this book. I really, really have. There's just something simple about these kids trying to grow up with magic and all of the crap that comes with it. And I just really, really dig it. If you are, you know, an an old school Harry Potter fan, if you are looking for something that you can enjoy with the same vibes that doesn't support someone who's terrible, uh, pick this up. I think you'll really enjoy it. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. It's Parents' Day at Strange Academy. For most students, it's a joyous day, but for Calvin Morse, an orphan, not so much. So while the rest of the parents go on a scavenger hunt around campus, Calvin and an unlikely friend face something truly scary. That sounds great. (laughs) Very, very interested in seeing what they do with this. Um, Just building up the friendships, building up the partnerships between all these kids. I just, I'm here for it. Next up, we have American Vampire 1976, number six. This is written by Scott Snyder with art by Raphael Albuquerque. Things are ramping up. We're coming into the, the home stretch of this. I believe it's just this and then one more. It's either seven or nine books. I can't remember which, but very excited to see where they go with this. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. Part six. With the help of the Council of Firsts, Skinner's team has learned the secret sacrifice required to obtain the blood of light. Their only hope of stopping the beast from destroying humanity and conquering the world. Finally within reach of the remedy, the crew sends one of its own on the grueling last leg of the mission. But a devastating betrayal and an unwelcome revelation about Skinner's quest for immortality could sabotage the expedition. So, of course, Skinner Sweet is the man who ruins all of the best laid plans. That's his character. That's who he is. Um, I'm really excited to pick this up and see where Skinner goes next. Next up, we have a book that I'm very excited about. It's Thor and Loki Double Trouble, written by Mariko Tamaki with art by Gurihiru. Um... I am so excited about this. I talked about this um, in the news segment when we announced this a few episodes back. Um, I I can't wait. This is going to be great. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. They're brothers, gods, and sons of Odin. But Thor and Loki just don't get along. Especially since Loki keeps tricking Thor into doing things that will get him in trouble. Even so, when Loki dares Thor to steal a powerful relic from Odin's vault, how can the God of Thunder say nay? The fan-favorite team that brought you Spider-Man and Venom Double Trouble returns. So yeah, um, I'm very excited about this. I love Mariko Tamaki. I love, love, love Gorihiru. So very excited to see how they handle uh, the Sons of Odin. Next up, we have Batman Urban Legends number one. This is written by Brandon Thomas, Matthew Rosenberg, Chip Zdarsky, and Stephanie Phillips, with art by Eddie Barrows, Ryan Benjamin, Max Dunbar, and Laura Braga. We've talked about this before on the podcast. This is your big anthology uh, Gotham book. 
uh, alongside, I guess, Future State Gotham, which is another Gotham anthology book. But um, I'm really looking forward to this. This is going to be a good time, especially with the creative teams involved. Let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. Cheer Part 1 slash New Roots slash Caretaker Chapter 1 slash The Long Con. Batman may be the biggest name in Gotham City, but there are lots of other heroes and villains who will get a turn to shine in Batman Urban Legends, a brand new monthly series tying into the biggest events in Gotham City. The series begins with these can't-miss tales. Superstar writer Chip Zdarsky enters the world of Gotham City with celebrated detective comics and future state Robin Eternal artist Eddie Barrows. For a six-part story chronicling Red Hood's investigation of a new drug sweeping through Gotham. It's a night that will change his life forever and put him in Batman's crosshairs. Writer of the future state Grifter story, Matthew Rosenberg picks up where he left off, continuing from the pages of Batman number one. 101. Superstar artist Ryan Benjamin joins the team as we learn why Cole Cash is in Gotham, in a tale that hints at what Halo might be, and we also get Batman vs. Grifter Round 2. New Harley Quinn writer Stephanie Phillips and Future State The Next Batman artist Laura Braga join forces for a Harley tale set just before the launch of her new series. Harley's determined to sort out her history with Poison Ivy, but first, she'll have to find her. And finally, coming off the Future State Outsider's Tale, writer Brandon Thomas begins a three-part saga reuniting Black Lightning, Katana, and Metamorpho. But this reunion quickly turns into a confrontation with a figure from Katana's past, in a story drawn by fan-favorite artist Max Dunbar. So yeah. Four different blockbuster stories. Very excited, especially knowing that Chip Zdarsky is going to be with Eddie Barrows. I love, love, love that team. Very excited about this, and I cannot wait to pick up this book. Next up, we have Daredevil number 28. This is written by Chip Zdarsky with art by Marco Cicchetto. Um, I think we are done officially with the King in Black tie-ins. So, uh, or maybe not... We'll see. Um, it does say The Black Kitchen Part 3, so I don't know. Um, but let's just go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. A new daredevil rises to protect Hell's Kitchen. Matt Murdock is a killer. But while he's serving his time as, as the masked vigilante called Daredevil, Hell's Kitchen has suddenly been left without a guardian devil. Or it was, until Electra Nachios took it upon herself to protect Murdoch's neighborhood and his legacy as the new Daredevil. But she's already got her work cut out for her. Wilson Fisk remains seated as New York's mayor, with Typhoid Mary, the Owl, Hammerhead, and other lethal and familiar foes at his beck and call. So this does kind of sound like we're out of the uh, King and Black tie-in territory. Um, I'm ready for Elektra to just wage a one-woman war on Wilson Fisk. Give me that book. And then finally, alongside Daredevil, the big book of the week, the book I think you should absolutely be picking up is... Superman number 29, written by Sean Lewis and Philip Kennedy Johnson, with art by Phil Hester and uh, Sammy Basri. Uh, this is a new age for Superman, a golden age, if you will, uh, kicking off uh, Philip Kennedy Johnson's 
run on Superman. I am very interested. I talked about it earlier in the episode. Um, very interested to see where Philip Kennedy Johnson goes. He gained a lot of goodwill from me with that Future States Superman Worlds at War book. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing where they go with this. So let's go ahead and dive into the synopsis here. The Golden Age, Part 1, slash Tales of Metropolis, Bibbo. Jonathan Kent is back from the 31st century and fighting cosmic threats alongside his legendary father. But when an interdimensional breach opens near Earth, John recognizes the creatures that emerge, the cosmic leviathans that the Legion of Superheroes credit with the death of Superman. And in the new backup series, Tales of Metropolis story in the same issue, writer Sean Lewis and artist Sammy Basri follow Jimmy Olsen on a quest to meet some of the city's more colorful denizens, beginning with Bibbo Bibowski. The Golden Age continues in Action Comics number 1029. So yeah, this is, I think, supposed to be like a four-part story where we get like a four-part like introduction in the new status quo of Superman, and then we go from there. So I'm very excited. I'm just excited that we don't have to have Bendis on Superman anymore. Yeah, sure, he could be on the Justice League book, whatever. Um, very excited to pick this book up and to see where they go next with Superman. But that is going to do it for this week's Comics Countdown. To recap, we have Nonstop Spider-Man number one, Wonder Woman number 770, Strange Academy number nine, American Vampire 1976 number six, Thor and Loki double Trouble number one, Batman Urban Legends number one, Daredevil number 28, and Superman number 29. And that is going to bring us to the wrap-up. If this is your first time joining us on the Geeksplain podcast and you like what I do here, please feel free to subscribe on the podcasting platform of your choice uh, and give us a rating and review. Really helps me out, really helps the podcast out. Subscriptions and ratings really just raise our stock in the podcasting sphere and get us out and into the orbit of listeners just like you. And if you give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want to call it, I will read your review here on the podcast. You can write whatever you want. You give me that five-star rating and review, and I will read it here. You can join the likes of our four horsemen, that being Seafire ND, Josh from Panels to Pixels, Matt Draper, and Burrito Man 88 Want to give a big thank you to those gentlemen for their reviews, and I can't wait to hear yours. Also, if you want to be part of our Geeksplain mailbag, if you have a question for me, uh, you want me to go further in depth on a topic we've covered, if you want a quick pitch or some recommendations on characters or comics, uh, feel free to email me, send emails to geeksplain at gmail.com, put mailbag in the subject header, I'll read it here on the podcast, and I will address your letters. I love, love, love getting emails from you guys, warms my heart every single week, and I do read and respond to all of them. So thank you very much to those who have written, and for those who haven't yet, now's the time. We're entering into our next stage of the Geeksplain podcast, uh, which is why it's also important that if you want to keep up to date with the podcast, want to keep up to date with me, feel free to follow us on the social medias, the Instagrams and the Twitters, at Pod. that's at Pod. if you want to be involved in polls that uh, decide future episodes, you want to chat with me about the latest geek culture news, and if you just want to see what I'm up to when it comes to uh, living in Los Angeles and doing this podcast. Um, I really do appreciate everyone who has been on this ride with me. If I can just get a little personal here, um, this has been kind of a tough year for me, for everybody, I think. And um, I think it's, uh, 
it's good to kind of take stock of the things in your life that provide positive uh, energy into your life. I had no idea when I started this podcast three years ago that I was going to um, keep at it, to be honest, uh, much less get to 150 episodes. That still blows my mind. Um, and I just, I owe that all to you, all of you listeners who take the time, listen to this podcast, listen to me ramble and rave about the stuff that I uh, that I find interesting every single week. It means the world to me. It really, really does. And we are, in fact, a global podcast. I have listeners all over the world. And that just Oh man, it means the world to me. It really honestly does. And as we carry on into volume four of this podcast, volume four, can you believe it? Um, we're going to continue to bring you the best podcast that I can possibly make. I was very fortunate to have some amazing guests to talk about some incredible topics. We had some great uh, collaborations with different creators throughout the year, and I cannot wait to see where we go next. I promise that I will continue to try to make this the best possible podcast that I can. So thank you for being on this ride with me. Thank you for listening to this podcast. It means the world. And uh, let's head on into volume four. Uh, speaking of which, as you know, at the start of every volume of this podcast, I kick off a brand new top five comment you should be reading every single year. So next week, tune in for the start of Volume 4, the top five comics you should be reading in 2021. Tune in for that next week, same geek time, same geek channel. But for now, for Geeksplain for 150 episodes and for three amazing years, this is Eric Azana. Thank you so much for listening. I mean it. Thank you. Stay safe, and we will see you next time.